My name is James Rowlands. As a child, I was a die-hard wrestling fan. And my love never faded. A year ago, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White. Since then, we watched the very best the W. Minerk has to offer by watching something then, now and forever and see if it's worth the 9 99 a month. One day, we'll have watched everything on the network. But until then, we are with you. And we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and as always I'm joined by... Damn right. And it is the first episode of the new year, so happy new year everybody. Happy new year. Oh, thank God 2016 is over and done with and what a night we had last night, Dan. Well, it was a night of epic proportions. Yeah, I'm still feeling sore today, but yes, it is episode 82 and it is the first episode of the new year. And what are we focusing on today, Dan? Uh, we are focusing on the Monday Night Wars. And the Monday Night Wars, so Dan, for anybody, can you explain what the Monday Night Wars were? Well, for anyone not living under a rock, not the rock, ha! the Monday Night Wars started September the 4th, 1995, when WCW new show Monday Nitro started on TNT head-to-head with WWE Raw. Oh, wow, and what a time it was in professional wrestling for both companies at that point. Uh, head-to-head, as we say. Oh, and since that point, the WCW and WWF had stole the talent from one another in a bitter war. Yeah, and you talk about uh, stealing the talent. I mean, Lex Luger went on the first night show to WCW, didn't he? Since then, we've had people like Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, Roddy Piper, Leon McWarrior, Bret Hart, all switch allegiances to WCW. Yeah, and the latest was The Giant, or of course, as he was known when he went over to WCW, The Big Show. And he had just moved to the WWF, and the tide was in WWF favour. Yeah, and uh, our stop in this timeline today is January 4th, no pivotal day in the war. We are going to watch Nitro and Raw head-to-head. So how would each company start the new year? On Raw, it's been a story of Stone Cold battling McMahon, but with a new corporate champion, things looked rosy for the champion. And that's not rosy, the (laughs) superhero in training. Oh, no. Uh, whilst the night show, it'd only been a couple of weeks since Starcade and uh, Nash beating Goldberg's undefeated streak. But with Nitro being held in the Georgia Dome and with Goldberg looking to have a rematch for the gold, would lightning strike twice, Dan? Hmm. Well, so seeing as Nitro is three hours and starts an hour earlier, let's begin with that. We are at Nitro, like I say, Atlanta, Georgia for WCW Nitro. Uh, before we start talking about everything else, should we give a list of champions, Dan? Well, the WWF, or, well, the WWF title was held by The Rock. The Intercontinental title was held by Ken Shamrock. The European title by X-Pac. The tag team champions were the Boss Man and Ken Shamrock. The Hardcore was the Road Dog Jesse James, and. Women's was Sable. I'd line up for champions on that side, you reckon, WWF? No, you know, there's some good names. I mean, you know, The Rock, Shamrock was in there as well as Tag, and it's the Corporation Tag Team. 
Rogue Dog and X-Pac, two members of DX, you know, they're representing as well. Yeah, and as we've seen on, on Raw, especially during this time period as well, the, the war between DX and the corporation is really heating up. And you can see that with, they're either, apart from Sable, of course, they're with DX or Corporation, mate. They are indeed, uh, yes. What about over in WCW, Dan? Uh, WCW, the heavyweight champion was Kevin Nash, who had just beaten Goldberg Streak. Uh, US champion Bret Hart, TV champion Scott Steiner. Tags was his brother Rick Steiner and Kenny Chaos. Uh, and they was vacated on January the 4th. Uh, Cruiserweight, Billy Kidman. So, so not not a bad lineup there for Nitro either, really. No, you know, there's a, lot, a few very big names that stand out. WWF has, you know, gone for different talent, I suppose. You know, like... Shamrock and X-Pac, whereas WCW's, it's Kevin Nash, ex-WWF, Bret Hart, ex-WWF, Scott Steiner, ex-WWF, Rick Steiner, ex-WWF. You can, you can see a pattern, really, WF going, focusing more on like the young up-and-comers as opposed to WCW relying on it. But we talk about as fans during this period, and you interest uh, interesting thing about it, what, what show were you more of a fan of at this point? I don't know, I suppose I was probably watching more WCW at this point. Well, yeah. I wasn't privileged of having Sky, and this was on Cartoon Network after it had finished airing, so it was on a free channel. Exactly, and, and I really never watched Nitro at all as a young child. I had, did was quite privileged, had Sky, so I was watching Raw every week as well. So I'm a big WF fan, so this is new to me as well. I mean, of course, with the network, I've, we've gone back and watched the old pay-per-views and the old Nitro, so we know more about it. Starcade was the last pay-per-view of the year. For WCW, it took place on the 27th of December. Um, it was from the MCI Centre in Washington, D.C. And the main event was a no-disqualification match between Goldberg and Kevin Nash for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, well, that was the day the street died. We know Scott Hall's interference there with the cattle prod costing Goldberg. But any other matches that caught your eye there on the, the card? The likes of Billy Kidman going against Eddie Guerrero. Billy Kidman going against Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero. You know, two very big names that are going to be heavyweight champions in WWE. Perry Saturn went on to become a mid-table household name in WWE. Uh, Fit Finlay, he, you know, he became Finlay, the Irish fighting man. Yeah. Conan, not really known in WWE later on. Jericho. He went on to have some of the biggest matches and still does now. Bischoff and Flair, two legends in their own rights. DDP against the Giant, who... And you talk about Flair and Bischoff as well. Last week on Nitro, uh, like I say, one day removed from Starcade, Flair beat Bischoff to gain control of WCW for 90 days. So this is kind of new era. Bischoff had been in charge for uh, of Nitro with the NWO for the past couple of years. So this is in the kind of new turning point for them. Uh, also, Scott Steiner versus Conan and Booker T versus Finley last week. Again, you talk about the talent. It's guys, some of us do, would have success in mid-card WWE that you wouldn't have thought were in W at this, as opposed to someone that really didn't make it, you know, Conan and that. So we're going to judge tonight on, basically, it's a five-point system that we've got. We're going to judge it on the roster as a whole, the strength and depth of it, the, the setting, you know, how it looks ring-wise, arena-wise, video packages and stuff. The commentary team. Uh, the match and segment. Talk about commentary, Dan. You've got a list of commentators there somewhere? I have, yes. Um, the Raw commentators, two, re- you know, two commentators that go on for a long time, and that's 
King and Cole. You know, they've done well together, soon to be joined by JR. Uh, and the Nitro commentators, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Eric Bischoff, Larry Zabisco, Mike Tanay, and Tony Schiavone. Yeah, because uh, it's three hours, they switched, they missed the match between the commentators. From Raw, the reason JR's not there is because uh, of Bell's palsy attack that he suffered. And Michael Cole, the young Michael Cole, will hear some of his great commentary uh, <laughs> later on tonight. But we have started Nitro. The Nitro girls do a little dance. Which, you know, that. Very nice to see. Yeah, I'm not used to having uh, girls dancing on the show. Look, it's, it's interesting. Nitro girls don't really see them perform as much, but I guess they were. Is it? Does it add point. or take anything away from things? Uh, I don't think really, if it's a bit of entertainment to keep the fans entertained, you know, and stuff like that. Um, uh, tonight we've got world champion Kevin Nash, new world champion Kevin Nash, going against Goldberg in his rematch, and the announcers look forward to the Flair regime. And balloons and confetti fall from the ceiling. The Nitro Party Grand Prize winner has a luxury suite at the Georgia Dome. Yeah, Nitro started, like we say, 40,000 people here in the Georgia Dome. Uh, the last time they were here was July 6th when it was Goldberg versus Hogan for the title. But yes, Dan, first match is on Nitro tonight. And the first matchup is Glacier versus Humorous. Yes, it is Humorous, or as we know, Bill DeMott later on. But can you tell me a little bit about Glacier? Do you know a lot about him, Dan? Beginning in April, Lloyd's new ring persona, Glacier, was similar to the Mortal Kombat character, Sub-Zero. Yeah, he was introduced via series series of vignettes during the WCW programming, which featured the tagline, Blood run, Runs Cold. He had a very extravagant en- entrance at the time. You know, it was con- consisted of blue laser lights streaming across the arena, snow falling from the ceiling. Yeah, we um, just see funky entrance there. I mean, it is quite involved, isn't it? Started with an angle which he cut a promo declaring that his chronic kick finisher was his own move and threatened to take out anyone who used it. This prompted a response from Saturn on Thunder the week later, or later in the week, in which he lambasted Glacier for his in-ring appearance, claiming ownership of the super kick. Yeah, and Glacier again was involved in the feud with Saturn. Very mid-card like involves with feud with uh, Mortis as well, who was Chris Canyon. Kind of Mortal Kombat feel, trying to get the kids on size. Never really worked. Were you a big fan of Glacier? Um, no, not really. I thought he was a bit of a douche. Yeah, no, he was. And as we see the the way they're wrestling at the moment, I mean, you know, Morris ducks too soon for a backdrop and, and eats a big boot. And Glacier works Morris over in the corner. But, I mean, the commentators are just talking about Hulk Hogan at the moment and talking about the main event, which is always a little bit boring. Yeah, Boris Power sounds Glacier coming out the corner. What else? Uh, he sells a no, he no sells a punch, but Glacier hits a leg sweep. Glacier signals for the cryonic kick, but gets distracted by Jimmy Hart, mouth of the south. Uh, Morris goes to attack Glacier from behind, but Glacier moves and Hart eats Hugh. Morris clotheslines Glacier, gets him into position, hits the no laughing matter, and gets the free count. So all them lasers for fuck all. Yeah, but an impressive move by Hugh Morris, like to say, we see a little bit more in him. But to hit that moonsault, a guy his size. He'd been involved in WCW for a while as well with Jimmy Hart and the, the Dungeon of Doom and a, a new face of the fear as they were now. But for a first match, did that tickle your fancy, Dan? No, not really. No, well, the interesting thing as well, of course, we're an hour unopposed from Raw. Raw hasn't started yet anyway, so I guess they could put anything in at the moment and, you know what I mean, build towards the next two hours. Do you think this is in their advantage? You know, like, if they've got the fans now, 
It's like, well, if we can, you know, slowly reel them in with stuff, if something crap get better and better, they think, oh, fuck me, what's the main event going to be like? Yeah. They're not going to bother switching over to Raw, and they're going to be like, well, you know, might as well stay here. Exactly, because they're saying in the second hour, you know, you've got Hogan coming, you've got the main event of Nash and Goldberg, all that excitement, where do you need to go? And uh, the advantage as well for Nitro at the moment week, Raw this week is taped. So they had a live show last week and then taped it. So it is pre-recorded. So Nitro should have an advantage anyway. But we see the promo video, or a a promo on screen. Just talk about the Flair-Bischoff feud, you know? But Flair and Bischoff had had a real personal bit of feud as well. In in real life, behind the scenes, Bischoff wanted to get rid of Flair because he fought with him as an old guard. And Flair kept talking about tradition. And we see Flair, uh, when he challenged Bischoff, he, he was. He took all his clothes off and said, "Bischoff, you can have every single, you know, clothes off my back. Everything about me, if if you beat me." And Flair got the victory done. As we see all the shenanigans from last week, Macho Man Randy's three appearance. It's weird to think this day and age we see the giant getting clothes on by Macho Man Randy Savage. It is that yeah. he, he'd be in WWF in less than a month. You know, in February. Yeah, yeah, but you kind of saw this coming with the NWO because. I think I've touched on it before in a podcast, but, you know, when there was a bit of rivalry between the two giants, you had Kevin Nash, who was the giant, and you had Do, uh, who was the giant. Yeah. And, you know, they both joined NWO black and white, and there was only room for one giant, and the loser had to go, and Kevin Nash won. The giant had to go, slowly faded away. Yeah, but it's it's, it's incredible when you think about it, that uh, the giant was scheduled to beat Kevin Nash clean. Uh, he didn't show up at the event, so Scott Hall just showed up and took a choke slam for his troubles and like you say the next month Nash hit that fucking incredible jackknife powerbomb on the big show which nearly broke the giant's neck as well you know so you add that into it Nash was very politically involved in WCW it's no surprise he was the world heavyweight champion at this point in time you know I'm just I'm just saying but... do you think that Kevin Nash has always had it wherever he goes because in WWE he was part of the clique went over to WCW got creative control in his contract ran things over there, come back to WWE, still in the clique. I know like he didn't do too much upon his return, but you know, still part of the clique. So he's been in the highest factions of yeah. every program he can be in. And even when he came back in like 2003 in WWE, he was having title matches against Triple H. So it seems like he always lands on his feet. I don't know who was back Kevin Nash, but you know, he's not had that many serious injuries and he's made a shit ton of money. You know, and like oh, I say, always yeah. been on top. And uh, was Nash the right man to beat Goldberg for the streak? You know, looking back on it, was that the correct decision? Was the streak ending the best way for WCW to go? I think they'd done it in the only way they could have done possibly, screwing Goldberg out. You know, everyone watching at home was like, yeah, that's a screwy end. Yeah. Is that Charlotte? Uh, it is indeed young Charlotte. Fuck me up the arse with a pineapple. Well, we get the normal Nitro opening um, and Arn Flair and the Flair family coming out. And, of course, Reed Flair on the left, the little guy. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Quite That's quite heartbreaking. David Flair, we know from his, uh, I wouldn't say successful run in WCW. Very unsuccessful run. And there uh, we see uh, now, And it's incredible to think, isn't it? You know, this is, uh, let me work this out now. 1999. 18 years ago now. 18 fucking years ago. And Charlotte would now be women's champion on Raw. So Look at her, yeah? And you would say, <laughs> she's going to be champion in 18 years. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Tonight's going to be a little interesting episode as well because obviously with the pay-per-views that we do, the matches, we can call them straight up. There's going to be a lot of segments in this 
uh, you know, a lot of talky-talky, which is going to be enjoyable as well. But we will, like we say, we've, we've made notes anyway, so everything is down here. There we go. We see Mean Gene in the ring, and he calls the new president of WCW, Ric Flair, down. Down, mm. Rick. No. <laughs> down, who else is on the way to the ring? Uh, you got Dean Malenko on crutches. He Apparently, he hurt his knee at house show the weekend. Yeah, well, Benoit Malenko with Steve McMichael, part of the Four Horsemen at this point in time, of course, with Flair. Mongo, Steve McMichael. Do you know the only thing about him that I've, I've realised is Deborah. Deborah's the only thing that was connected to him that actually went on to have a little bit of success. I think Mongol's one of the most... I mean, first his name, Mongol. Do Mongo. you know what I mean? Mongo. And it's just silly, and he was an awful wrestler. But Future women's WWE champion. Three of the people in the ring would go on to have good careers in WWF. Don't forget about Arn Anderson, the enforcer as well. Double always, by, always by Flair's side. Creator of Triple H's Spinebuster. Just a bit quieter than normal. See, but Nature Boy's taking it all in, it feels. Don't know if he can believe his victory last week. And uh, he says this is a proud moment for him. He's happy to be surrounded by the people who have supported him. What, what, else, did, what else did Flair say, Dan? WCW is the greatest wrestling organisation on the face of the earth. But for five years, a tyrant named Eric Bischoff has run over people. Oh, and like we say, Bischoff said he's tightened his grip. What else did Flair say? Mr. Bischoff, would you say that tonight? The shoes are on the other set of feet. Flair says that Bischoff has taken pains to make Flair feel small over the past five years. And Flair says it would be easy to fire Bischoff. But that's not it. Yeah, and he said Bischoff is in the building. Says that unless Bischoff wants to go to work for someone else tomorrow, he's got to come out here. And you can see Bischoff now making his entrance. So Bischoff on his way to the ring. And doesn't he look healthy and well, Dan, doesn't he? He does not have grey hair in sight. <laughs> no, a cool biker jacket on as well, the jeans. So what do you think about this at the moment, Dan? We've seen the, uh, this is the talky bit with it. I mean, Flair in charge. I think that's a good way for WCW to go. Were you happy at the time? I was quite happy, yes, because... Uh, you may not be aware, but Eric Bischoff, who is supporting sporting the NWO T-shirt, he just took it down a one-track route, and it was all NWO, even though it was Goldberg in charge. Like Goldberg with the heavyweight championship, it was all NWO. Yeah, I mean, the NWO matches that I've seen, there's not been a clean finish in sight, and NWO always ended up on top. And Bischoff has kind of broken the rules as well. Steiner's won the tag team titles, and he, he took them off him the next night on Nitro. I mean, Flair in control. Like I say, it, I think WWE needed a figurehead at this time. You know, I mean, Bischoff in charge is all well and good with a heel. But a babyface, like authority figure as it was, could lead something different to WWE, couldn't it, over the past couple of years? Oh, in the next couple of years, as it was. Yeah. Oh, so at least Bischoff's still got a job then. So he's not a president anymore. He's working for Tony Schiavone in the announce booth. So he's an announcer then. That's not too bad. No, and, you know, he, he wasn't a bad announcer, do you think? Uh, I think Bischoff was right. I mean, that's how he got his break in wrestling, isn't it, as the yeah. uh, announcer. I mean, he's never in the top, you know, five, so we say, but did his job all right, didn't he? And uh, like I say, at least he's still gainfully employed. It's all right. And you see Stephen Michael's got some cash. Just help Bischoff out. Is he going to help him out, you know? Of course, after his divorce with Deborah, Stephen Michael will be struggling for money. So it's quite... <laughs> Good job he did keep on to Yeah. It. Don't talk about Ric Flair about divorces, though, for God's sake. I mean, you know. No. He's had more divorces <laughs> than he's had world titles. <laughs> so what did Flair have to say next then, Dad? I see the mic in his hand. Um, he's talking about when Randy... Flair says that when Randy had with cancer, Bischoff fired him. 
We take a look at Bischoff, Farr and Anderson. Oh, there he is there. Bischoff behind a commentary table with Nash and Hall. And he just, he loves it. He's like how evil Bischoff is. Who do you think was evil in there? Bischoff or McMahon at this point? I think Vince McMahon. Well, at this point, yeah. I still think Vince McMahon because Eric Bischoff was working under influence from someone. So oh. he was just working like that because he was scared. That's, that's actually a good point. Whereas yeah. Vince McMahon, he was the president of the company. There was no one above him pulling his strings. It was all him. But, I mean, Randy Anderson brought his kids out to Eric Bischoff to, to plead for him. And he's got cancer. And Bischoff still said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so... Flair rehires Anderson as a referee at double the salary. But yeah, Randy Anderson gets employed and I mean, thank God we're spending precious TV time on referees. No, it's, what it is, I guess, is it's Flair trying to sort out all the bad Bischoff's done, maybe, yeah? Yep, and do you think, you know, wrestling fans watching it with our advantage, they're looking at this, they're saying, well, you know, Flair's in charge now, 16-time world champion, he seems to be undoing Bischoff's misdeeds, what else can they offer for us in the future? Uh, Flair thanks the people who came down to help him during the match. Including Randy Savage. Yeah, including the macho man. Ooh, yeah, dig it. So it will be Henning and Wyndham versus Flair at sold out. Well, not so fast, Jimbo. Because <laughs> David Flair, his very unsuccessful son, the one that didn't <laughs> die, and says that he wants to be his dad's partner at sold out against Wyndham and Henning. Yeah, but Flair says Dave is not ready. Arn stops Flair and says he knows what he's doing. Well, I'm glad because Flair accepts David as his partner and thankfully it ends. As we go to commercial, we see Tony Zabisco and Bischoff in the announce booth and Bischoff certainly doesn't look happy. No, Bischoff doesn't want to be at the announce booth, but at least he's still got a job. Uh, we talk about Nitro being three hours. Uh, when it first started in 95, September 4th, 95, it was one hour up until May, where it switched to a two-hour format in 1996. And then August 4th, 1997, it switched to a three-hour show up until December 27th, 1999. And then from that point on until its end, it was back to a two-hour show. I think three hours is maybe too much when you consider Thunder as well. Two hours, you've got five hours of show going on there, especially with the against the way WWF was at the time. Raw, on the other hand, was one-hour show from its inception from 93 all the way to February 3rd, 1997. So WSW had a nearly two, another hour advantage of them until 97. And then, of course, it stayed two hours up until, Dan, July 23rd, 2012, Raw 1000, and it's gone to a three-hour show now. So, Okay, so we are back live from the commercial. And the next match, Dan? The next match is Booker T versus Emery Hale. Well, we all know Booker T. Tell me what you know about Emery Hale, Dan. Um, well, he's already in the ring, so that should tell you everything you need to know about him. He is a jobber. Uh, I've got a few facts about Emery Hale. Got him. He played baseball growing up and even had a tryout with MLB's Baltimore Orioles baseball oh, wow. team. Jimmy Hart brought Emery Hale to WCW, hoping to groom him as the next big man for Hulk Hogan's main event. Um, in February 2000, WCW Thunder, Diamond Dallas Page defeated the machine, Emery Hale, under a mask. And Emery Howell has worked in many projects with Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan since they left the World Championship. Uh, October 2003, Emery Howell was in the ICU of Tampa General Hospital after developing pneumonia yep. stemming from a kidney transplant. Next one. Uh, Emery Howell passed away after dealing with kidney problems for a few years. So, so yeah, unfortunately, Emery Howell didn't have 
the uh, brightest of careers. But I'm hopefully his chances are good in this match, Dan. Well, hope so. He's the next big man and the match is over. <laughs> yes, and Booker connects with a missile drop kick and gets the win in about a minute. So we actually know more facts about Emery Howe than we did about his wrestling match. But good to see Booker T, though, Dan, yeah? Yeah, it was, you know, it was good. He, he was in a squash match and, you know, we're two matches in to this event and the second time we've seen the Nitro Gales as well, well. Well, there we go. We've seen two matches and two Nitro Gales, but the Flair 20-minute segment still carried off through, didn't it, really? So Bischoff is refusing to play with the other announcers. Yeah, and Larry tells Tony to fire Bischoff. Well, Tony is in charge of Bischoff and Larry Zabisco, living legend, course, turned on his uh, master, Bruno Sammartino. That's why Larry Zabisco is famous. Don't know why it worked in WCW4, because, you know, but anyway, I, I never got Larry. There's a couple of guys I never got. We see um, Steve McMichael, Conan's another one, Larry Zabisco. I just don't know what, do you know what I mean? I don't know why. Like, I, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'll take it, Mojo's on that list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm talking about just WCW, like Norman Smiley as well. Yeah. You know, uh, we see it. So, Dan, next match. Smiley, smiley, Norman, smiley. <laughs> and he is going against Chavo. Yes. So, we are going to see Chavo grow in action. Norman Smiley, do you know a lot about him? No, James. Tell me. Uh, yeah, well, Norman Smiley is, of course, English. And he wrestled throughout the uh, Britain uh, in the early 80s and, and throughout, really, made his name in the European territory. Very technical wrestler, you know, the kind of throwback to World of Sport days. A bit like Jack Gallagher now, really. But in WCW, he kind of turned it round and it, his big move was the big wiggle, which uh, I think... <laughs> yeah, he was. He liked his dancing. I mean, him and Disco Inferno, they was a good team. Yeah, again, Disco, I'm still not sure about, you know, is another one. But we see Chava come out and he's got Pepe Dan. He has, yes, and Pepe is? Pepe is, is his imaginary friend who is also a horse. So... <laughs> right, so this is the early head and Mr. Mop and things like that. In in a weird way it was, yeah. I mean, Eddie and, and Chava, oh, Eddie had been using Chava and saying, you're not good enough, you know, you don't deserve to be a Guerrero name. Chava is proving it. And then one match, Chava just snapped and he basically lost his shit. And then since that point, has been walking around with Pepe and he's not riding ahead. And like I say, it is early Al Snow. And look, you see Chavo riding Pepe in the ring down. <laughs> yes, and, you know, it, can you see why he did so much? You know, his biggest acclaim was winning the ECW Championship and getting beaten by Kane in record time. I don't think that is. I think his greatest achievement is teaming up with Eddie Guerrero in one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Los Guerreros, the tag team title reign that they had in the WWE as well. I think Chavo, you got you can't discredit Chavo of that. He helped that team out well. And the feuds he had, he had a good feud with Eddie in WCW and of course the one in WWE as well after Eddie had been champion. I think Chavo was a guy, unfortunately his surname was Guerrero and you are going to compare him to Eddie but I think Chavo did have a good career in his own right really you know I mean if Rey Mysterio wasn't around and wasn't around Chavo would have been world heavyweight champion so yeah. <laughs> do you reckon do you reckon if but this is a rematch from last week's show and of course how can we forget that classic yeah and Tony tries to get Bischoff uh, tries to get Bischoff to give him some background on Smiley not like the background I'll just give you Bischoff doesn't really want to do it and now Norman Smiley, see, talk about the, the technician of him is working the ankle of Chavo Guerrero as we actually have time to call in the first hour of Nitro. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, we've we've been watching it for, what, about 35 minutes? It is the third match. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, 
the other two matches have not gone over two, three minutes. Well, the other one was about a minute. Yeah. The first one was about three or four. Well, hopefully it heats up here with Chavo trying to go for the back pin now. Now he's on uh, Norman's shoulders. As you say, no, Norman, a classic catch can style wrestler going against Chavo, a bit of Latino heat. Should be a good match. Exactly. And a Lucha style as well that he's got. Oh, but he gets caught with big back elbows. Nothing you can do about that. But Norman Smiley didn't have any success. I mean, at this point in time, he's quite old anyway. So maybe I think he might have worked backstage for WWE at some point in time, but never on screen. Yeah. It's surprising when you think Finley, which we talked about someone his age, he did carry on working in WWE. And there we see the big wiggle by Smiley. Oh, but Chavo coming off the top rope with a nice double drop kick. And Chavo can get some momentum. Of course, he's got Pepe in his corner. Oh, Smiley, no rake in the eyes. And <laughs> Smiley going down and Chavo doing a bit of a wiggle himself. Yeah, Smiley was mid-wiggle as he went down. <laughs> bit of a botch board and jumps over the top. That, that was manages a, nice. a sunset flip to roll up Smiley, but kicks out after two. That was, yeah, like I say, cut the botches there, springboard on the rope, slipping through, and then that kind of looked like it was a DDT, wasn't it? But he just turned it into a pin. That was nice, though. Chava rolling through, getting a roll up. And gets the victory. There you go. Chavo surprises Smiley. Chavo and Pepe are victorious. Wow, that was... Oh, and now Smiley, just as I was going to give a bit of a recap, Smiley attacks Guerrero. Yeah, big wiggle again. Big wiggle. <laughs> that was a lovely suplex by Smiley on Chava. That was teach him not to beat him in the future. Smiley wrestled better after the match <laughs> yeah a nice slam there no right, leave Pepe out of this oh you bastard Norman he just decapitated Pepe yeah back to the match though Dan what do you think terrible <laughs> quick quiet slow you know there was not a lot of action not you know the match was run by one bar sunset flip it's like yeah yeah, I mean, the the match quality hasn't been as good. I mean, I think the, the the brightest thing we've seen at this point in time is the kind of the flare promo, which went on for a long time. But the, the Longer ma- than the other three matches combined. Yeah, ex- exactly, and the Nitro Girls appearances. But um, we will we'll crack on regardless on WWE Monday Nitro, like I say, head-to-head. And we, our next matchup is, Dan? Uh, the next matchup is Chris Benoit Hogan. So don't expect things to get too much better. So, yeah, Benoit is already in the ring. We see Horace Hogan coming out. Of course, the nephew of Hulk Hogan and part of the, the NWO Black and White. But the NWO Black and White at this point, Dan, weren't really much of anything, were they? Uh, no, they're kind of on their way out of things, should I say. You know, they're just on the quiet, I suppose, on the DL for the time being. I mean, Flair's in charge now. It's a different regime. Yeah. But Benoit starts off with an early advantage. Yeah, I mean, Benoit's on fire with the chops in the corner to Horace. And, and this is the Benoit we kind of know as well, part of the horseman. But the kind of tie that he's got, I mean, very simple. Like we say, only be a year until he goes to the WWE. And I think Benoit, Guerrero, Malenko, Saturn kind of was one of those killer moments as well for WWE to take that amount of talent off WWE's hand as well, wasn't it, you know? Do you think they didn't do what they should have done with him, though? Uh, what, WCW? WWE. I think WWE did more than WCW did. With with the, I mean, maybe uh, Malenko not as much, but I think with everybody else, they. So, gave a good I mean, shout. you know, they had a bit of a story time, but if your championships wrote, I mean, you know, aside from Ben Mar, they didn't really hit the big heights. I mean, you had a light heavyweight championship, you had the 
hardcore championship, but you know it was. Yeah, but again, it's 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 more of the the kind of TV time as well that they got at this point. You know, Benoit was there thrown in the match against Horace, then he'd be forgotten about. At least he could have a altercation with like The Rock or you know Perry Saturn with Moppy. He would be on, on TV segments and stuff. I think the worry was for them not getting any notice, not being able to move up the card. I think the cream does rise to the top, though. You know what I mean? I think with Saturn, yeah. compared to Benoit and Guerrero, I think Benoit and Guerrero were always going to make it. They just needed that chance. I think WCW shot themselves to the foot. I think with WWE, the, the amount of talent they, they managed to have, it just worked right, didn't it? You know, you throw in the Jerichos and stuff like this in there as well. I mean, Horace is not a guy that I would ever want to see wrestle, you know? No. <laughs> but again, do you think this is down to having the WWF created creative team of the early 90s like you know putting people in mismatches Horace against Benoit you know yeah Guerrero against Smiley you could have had Guerrero against Benoit Chavo Guerrero against Benoit would have had a 10 time better match yeah than any of the other two and then you could have had Horace and Smiley as a little filler match yeah exactly or get rid of um, Smiley and Horace not have them on the roster just focus on that but this is WWE's of always relying on the older talent as well. Never be past, you know, Hogan, Luger, Sting. That kind of main event, Macho Man, was never broken. You could never go past that. And I think for you in the mid-card, just thought, well, we're never going to get there anyway, are we, you know? Well, Benoit with a massive top rope superplex, and this is going to be it now. Benoit's been on fine form throughout the match, hasn't he? Diving head back. Well, he's going to go up the Canadian crippler. Clean as a whistle, and uh, you like to say, Benoit takes on punishment. Oh, but Horace Hogan, though, managing to throw Benoit into the turnbuckle. Horace is not going to put Benoit down, is he? Oh. Big show to break out. Oh. And my God, Horace Hogan, eh? Starting <laughs> to get a bit of a comeback. Oh, Benoit, though, locks in the crossface. In the middle of the ring now. What's Horace going to do? Yeah, Benoit makes Horace tap out. Oh. Benoit impressing you there? Yeah, you know, he was strong. He was all over it from the get-go. If you're going to have a squash match, this is the best match to have, you know. Someone like Benoit, a reputable name, great wrestler, and he just completely destroyed Horace. Yeah, and uh, not a bad... I mean, it was only, like again, a three- or four-minute match, but it's good to see Benoit, good to see a good wrestler in action. And uh, that is basically it for the first hour of Monday Night Show. I mean, what have you thought of the first hour, Dan? <sighs> Wrestling has been terrible. The only entertaining thing is the Ric Flair segment, and that wasn't that entertaining. I think it was dragged out quite a bit, and it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, the highlight from that, I think most exciting thing was seeing Charlotte there, and, you know, 16, 17 years later, her being women's champ. But a fan at this point in time, we are in 1999 at this point. We've just seen the start of Nitro. As a fan, would you switch over and watch the start of Raw, or would yeah. you continue with Nitro? I'd switch over to Raw. If I, I had, if if I was a privileged child, <laughs> I would have switched over to Raw. You, imagine you're in America, and both TVs are just there for you to watch anyway, so you can flick back and forth, and this being the magic of time travel as well, we have bought a VCR with us, I mean, one does exist anyway, but we have two TVs. And we are going to stop now and record Nitro. And we're going to watch the start of Monday Night Raw. So here we go. It's my life in the past. It's on the beat. Danger. 
So yeah, we are here live for Raw. Not here live. We are here for Raw. It is pre-recorded. Nitro has got the advantage then. Of course, we've seen the first hour of Nitro. Just before we watch Raw, let's have a little bit of um, history on it, shall we say. The last pay-per-view was rock bottom in your house. Main evented by Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Young Taker in a buried alive match. And it was the right to compete in the 1999 Royal Rumble. Steve Austin won in not a bad match, Dan. No, it was quite a good match. Yeah. Uh, Mankind defeated The Rock as well uh, by knockout, but they didn't give him the WF title. And man screwed him again. This back dates to when Mankind, that Survivor Series, got screwed out of the title by the new corporate champion, The Rock. And they've been feuding ever since, really. Uh, but it's interesting to look at the undercard. I mean, you've got Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, the Headbanging, the Brood, Gold Dust, New Age Outlaws. I mean. They're quite well-known Juniatchi, but not the most talented of wrestlers, would you say that's fair? Yeah, definitely. Um, Going back to the last WCW pay-per-view, I mean, who had the better roster? Whose roster would you rather have? Well, at the moment, I think WCW, definitely yeah. the, the mid-card. I think main event, maybe, WWF forgot this all right at the moment, but I mean, mid-card talent. And we saw on the Raw before this uh, the last Raw of 1998, as it was. Main event was Mankind versus Road Dog for the hardcore title. But man wanted to punish DX, like we say. They were feuding with the corporate... Uh, the corporation was feuding with them at the moment. So that was the main event. The Rock got involved. Rock Bottom Mankind costed them the match. Uh, elsewhere, the APA kidnapped Dennis Knight. We might see a little bit more of what that means tonight. Um, and also McMahon's Rumble training, which excellent video. We see more tonight as well. He has entered the Rumble at number 30, and he's at Austin is number one, so they might clash. And also, Shawn Michaels was fired by as commissioner by McMahon. It was McMahon at his best because the previous week, uh, he Shawn Michaels stopped the corporation from helping when Shawn McMahon was getting beaten up by Mankind. But we start Raw, Dan, and we start off with... Uh, well, we start off with them showing a highlight reel of HBK in the WWF, as we as you would do, you know, when a legend like that's been fired. But Vince, in, Vince in sentimental crap, as he calls it, Shawn Michaels will not be here tonight. He hopes the fans forgive him for firing Shawn. No one will ever again disparage Shane. Anyone who harms Shane mentally or physically will pay. Yeah, and I, this is interesting because Shane's only just been recently involved in the storylines as well. You can see how protective my man is over him, can't you? You know, and It's an interesting storyline. It's like Shane the sport child being protected. Most definitely, yeah. But they pan round and see Shawn Michaels is in the ring. Well, not in the ring, but his Titantron's on and he's making his way to the ring. Yeah, and look at Vince's face. A classic expressions by Vince. He's been like so surprised by Shawn Michaels' appearance. My man sells it so well. See the look on Vince's face. Yeah, it's gone from shock to anger now, you know. So what's been the comparing of the two, you know, just briefly, what's been the better opening of, you know, rivalries, you know, the Ric Flair side of things and the Eric Bischoff part and Corporation and DX? Well, uh, it's kind of similar in a weird way. Think about DX is just like the cool NWO now, you know. The NWO has kind of had a couple of years and now DX are the fresh things on the block. But man, with a hill character that he's had at the start of '98 with Austin, now involving all the other wrestlers as well. And you, you know, you talk about this fight building a corporation to help him out, spoil son's Shane. It they make it a lot better story than they do than they won in WWE, don't they? You know, with Bischoff, yeah. the NWO, 
with this one, you've got you're on the face side. I think that's the important thing. On on WWE, you know who your good guys are. You supporting them. Whereas on WSW, the NWI are cool, and like the, the hills are cool. So you, you still don't know what sides to support. You know. So anyway, we talk about Shawn Michaels. We see him appearing on the stage. What do you have to say? Shawn's contract as commissioner is ironclad. Vince also stated that Shawn did not have to answer to anyone. Therefore, Shawn cannot be fired. The only way to stop him is if he resigned, and he refuses to do that. Time to get down to business. And he's going to make dreams come true. He goes to the Royal Rumble drawing, where Vince drew the lotto numbers. Shawn has say over all competitors except Austin. Not sure why. Yeah, and uh, like you say, Vincent McMahon fired Shawn, but he can't. Like you say, Shawn Michaels can only resign from his job. So McMahon is stuck. And you say DX joined Shawn Michaels on stage as well. It's one of the few times we saw the whole of DX, if you know what I mean, because we did see the Shawn Triple H team, and now you've got this fucking China as well. And Sean is bossing it big, isn't he? Nice little leather waistcoat. Yeah, I mean, you can't really pull off a leather waistcoat. Shawn Michaels does, really, with a trendy little T-shirt. But, (laughs) no, I mean, Sean at this point. But, yeah, like you say, he's saying to Vince about the the Royal Rumble numbers and that. So what, what did he do? Well, what he done is Vince McMahon done his lotto draw and Austin remains at the first pick. But Sean has said that Vince McMahon is number two in the Rumble. So the Austin ass kicking can go ahead. Yeah, well, Austin wants McMahon. It's as simple as that. He cost him the WF title back at breakdown in September when the Brothers of Destruction double-pinned Austin. Since then, he's been fighting to get his job back. He's been fired. He held a gun at McMahon's head, didn't he? All the skits we've seen on Raw with the destroying of the Corvette with the concrete and the Zamboni and all this thing. And having a match against the Undertaker, a buried alive match as well, and having to win that just to get in the Rumble, Austin has, has worked hard to be a top of the mountain again, hasn't he? Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. And, you know, no one... Deserves it, but Austin, really. Well, I, I think there's a difference between WWF and WSW as well, whereas Austin, he's got a journey. You know what his journey is, he's working on it. Yeah. It's the same to Goldberg. His streak, lost the title, it should be like Goldberg to get back into the title picture now, you know? Yeah. But that story, whereas for Austin, you know with WrestleMania coming up as well, you can imagine like, oh, here we go. Do you think having a an event like WrestleMania helps out with things like that? I think it does. I think WSW did try with Starcade, but if you look at the past couple of events, they've all ended really badly. Like Sting and Hogan was just a, a clusterfuck in 97. 96 had Piper and Hogan as well. And even the Nash Goldberg didn't have a clean finish, did it? With WrestleMania, you kind of think in the main event you will have a clean finish no matter what happens because that is the, the new era so to speak isn't it like with Wrestlemania I think it does help even though Starcade is older isn't it you think about it it is yeah but HBK is going to leave the building you know he's he had two points he wanted to make tonight Wrestle Royal Rumble one and the other point is that he's going to leave the building in the next two hours and bring him in a surprise and the surprise will drive him stone cold crazy <laughs> and you know He's hurt. That's why Austin's not. We're not wrestling until the pay per view. Yeah, I mean Austin suffered an injury against the Undertaker. It was a, a, a vicious match between the two. But a st- send him Stone Cold crazy. Could Stone Cold make an appearance tonight, Dan? Maybe. Well, you know, <laughs> with the Royal Rumble not far off, as long as this, he's not competing in a match that's too heavy on him, I don't see why not. Yeah, and and the way WF builds it as well, they are building towards 
their next event, aren't they? I mean, I know WCW just had Starcade. You you you're building off what just happened there. But with this, you look towards the future. Sorry, go on. But again, you know, in modern times, we've just seen end of the line. So, you know, it's things should have ended there. And this is where it all starts again, you know, building towards the Royal Rumble and then from the Royal Rumble to the WrestleMania. You know, so... Yeah, and you talk about the not only that as well, but the evil McMahon and his family uh, in the ring of the corporation. I mean, Shawn Michaels with his degenerates... I mean, that's not a bad team in themselves to fight, you know, good guy versus bad. It's not indeed, you know, it's everyone loves DX as well. And Commissioner Michaels, he's obviously trying to help out Austin a bit as well. So, you know, having an allegiance with him surely wouldn't help. Yeah, and uh, I think already as well, I think this is more exciting show than Nitro at this point in time just because of the the things they've got ready for tonight. You know, as they said, tonight we're going to have a hardcore title match, Al Snow versus the champion, Road Dog, And it'll be interesting to see what a man has planned for... DX and you know could Austin show up we'll see what happens but the first match though after the ad break is Dan the first match is Steve Blackman versus Ken Shamrock so two very dangerous men you know both with their MMA style fighting types and as we mentioned before you know the European champion and tag team champion with Big Boss Man yeah Yeah, and like I said Ken Shamrock coming from the ultimate fighting world former UFC champion Coming over here, first man back in 97 to make someone tap out in wrestling. Like, to my knowledge, on the big stage anyway, uh, Vader tapped out to the ankle lock and then that kind of came commonplace. I'm a really big fan of Shamrock. I don't know if it was because I was a young kid and I just liked his look or what it was. I thought they could have done a lot more with the kind of Shamrock character. What did you think of I, Ken? I agree definitely with you. you. know, He was the original most dangerous man. Well, you know, it's it goes on through wrecking machines and that and he could have been a very good wrecking machine as was Steve Blackman as well, you know, he he had his martial arts background, he was quite an athlete, he brought something different to it, he was a big fella, certainly looked the part, you know. Oh yeah, so don't discredit uh, Lethal Weapon Steve Blackman making his debut in November of 97, and like I say, go on to have those hardcore matches with Shane McMahon, didn't he, when, you yeah. know, diving off the Titan as it was, but Steve Blackman and, and Shamrock did intertwine throughout 1999 as well with, um, you know, the, the rivalry it was, but I think it's a good matchup. But I don't know if in a wrestling way, just maybe if they just kept it to strikes and stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, and as I say that in the early going, spinning heel kick there by Blackman to Shamrock. So, did you like the uh, the Ryan Shamrock angle? Um, well, this is just about to happen in in WWF, and I mean. They kind of didn't go anywhere with it in the end, did they? They, they, kind of, they kind of had it and they were like, oh yeah, she's teaming up with Goldust and they kind of forgot her. I mean, don't forget the girl, but I think Shamrock never really made it to the main event. Had a match with the Untaker, a match with Shawn Michaels at pay-per-view, but they never really went with him and in September 1999 he w- would leave. You know, Steve Blackman stayed around for quite a while though, didn't he? Yeah. I would say part of head cheese with Al Snow, who could forget that? <laughs> yeah, I think that's, you know, when people stopped took him, taking him yeah. seriously. <laughs> Uh, you know, he he was known for a bit for his hardcore runs as well. You know, he he would run in that kind of circle, which yeah. was good for him. It was like a, I don't know, a separate area for them to focus on, I suppose. Yeah, most definitely. Hardcore division is uh, in the WF right now that WCW haven't got. Of course, taking it from ECW and stuff. And it is, you know, shades of the Cruiserweight division as well, you know, having its own side of things. Yeah, and uh, we see Dan the Beast Severin. Coming to ringside, we talk about MMA fighters, part of that. Got a net brace on. 
looking at the Shamrock Blackman match. And I think already maybe this match has gone longer than any of the Nitro matches. I might be wrong. Yeah, no, this I think has <laughs> gone longer than all three of them, four of them. However yeah. many they fit in in 10 minutes. Uh, one thing I do know about the, the look of the place, I mean, we'll talk about it at the end, you know, what the arenas look like and stuff. I think Nitro looks a little bit better, but just the amount of signs. I know we can't see it at the moment, but when they first start, the amount of, you can't see anything in a WF show because, you know what I mean? Everybody's just holding signs out. You can't see nothing. Well, Shamrock telling Severin what he thinks of him. Not very happy, but Ken Shamrock, we like to say the lethal, not the lethal weapon, the most dangerous man in the corporation and in the WF at this point, played a, a vital role, didn't he? He did, yeah. You know, he, he was an enforcer for Vince McMahon. Him and O, another enforcer. And I know he wouldn't hold the tag team titles for, you know, longer than a couple of weeks after this, but he still continued as Intercontinental Champion. I think he made a good Intercontinental Champion for its time. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. Like we talk about IC titles at this time, but the Intercontinental title didn't have much meaning to it. We talked about Shamrock as champion. It had about as much meaning as, what was the other epoxy title they had? European. What do you think it made, made what, what, compared to WSW, like, what do you think meant more, US or Intercontinental? US, I think. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, Intercontinental, Intercontinental title did a little bit dive as Dan Severin comes up to the apron and Shamrock knocks him down. The referee's distracted with Dan Severin. Billy Gunn, member of DX, screws over a member of the corporation, yeah. helping out Steve Blackman to get the victory. Yeah, Billy Gunn comes out and famous as Shamrock behind the referee's back. Referee doesn't see it and Steve Blackman gets the pin. Like you say, the, the war continues between DX and the corporation. Shamrock's fuming. Look how furious he is. Not even bothering with Dan Severin and Steve Blackman. <laughs> no. Get that in the end. And you know, Shamrock and Billy Gunn, I mean, that, that rivalry is going to continue between the two men. You see an advert, look how cool McMahon and Rock are. Look how, look how snazzy they are. They look very cool. So if you had them both playing side by side, which one would you turn off and which one would you watch? I, I think WF at the moment, I've enjoyed the first 20 minutes. Even that match didn't feature Blackman and Shamrock can't suck the size of Benoit and Booker T. I'd say that I think the match was better. And it continues it, you know, clean, fi- well, not clean finish, but at least someone got pinned, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it made sense, it advanced the story, as opposed, I think WWE's problem for me is they just have a match and they just stick two wrestlers in there. Yeah. Like we saw, like Norman Smiley versus Prince. They're just all sat at the back and they're like, yeah. right, you yeah. and you, go. And we're backstage now. And Shamrock's caught up with Billy Gunn. And I mean, you know, there's again, there's been more action there. Uh, throwing each other around. Shamrock throws Billy Gunn into the side. And now look at all the referees and officials. There must be like a thousand referees just backstage, just like all walking about. Yeah, if it kicks off right here. And look at Shamrock just pushing everybody away. And Billy Gunn, my biggest mistake, might have been pissing off Ken Shamrock. Well, you don't piss off Ken Shamrock and get away with it. Here comes Mankind in an unscheduled appearance. There's been a crazy couple of weeks, as it was the first time he ever grabbed another man's testicles and enjoyed it in a rugged man's way. <laughs> he also said, suck it for the first time without a please in front of it. Well, Mrs. Foley's baby boy is taking things to the extreme, I suppose. But he's got a new hobby load, Dan, hasn't he? Yes, and that is kicking the man's asses. <laughs> yeah. And he does one favour to ask of Vince, and that is to face the view. Not because he's made a Shane, not because he's made Shane Wimper like a two-year-old with a poopy diaper. Yeah, I mean, but mankind's out, and he's like, say, another goal for the 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 baby face. 
I mean, you know, he's got Steve Austin, but with Steve Austin being injured, Mankind's been the focal point, hasn't he, the past couple of months? Yeah, he's been the whipping boy. Oh, he tells Vince to get his ass out of here, so we're waiting for Vince McMahon now. But Mankind at this point, I think he did a, a lot of work for the WWF. You know, the matches he had, the feuds he had, I think he's very, a pivotal role he played in the Monday Night Wars. Oh, most definitely, yeah. You know, he, he was a brilliant character. Don't, you know... He was one of the original unhinged characters. I mean, we've seen him go back as far as fighting uh, Terry Funk. Yeah. You know, brilliant matches he's had with him and, you know, he still comes on and he's great at it. Yeah, and, and the thing about Mahankar as well, which helped him, was that he's so likeable, you know, and to have someone like that on, you know, either WF or WCW, someone the fans could get behind. You know, kind of underdog in his weird way because no one like Mick Foley had really talked before either, you know. That kind of look about him, it was more... If, if you look back at the champions, it, it makes more sense, doesn't it? You know, people like Macho... Even on WSW, you look at the people there, Kevin Nash, uh, Hogan, Macho Man, Lex Luger, Sting. They're all big, muscly guys, aren't they, you know? Not some crazy, deranged man who rips his own hair out. Yeah, who had to appeared in WSW as a mid-carder as well, yeah. you know... Uh, at that time and this is what WWF had done they'd taken the mid-carders from WCW who were cast away after Hogan and friends showed up and took them on and tried to build them up as their own characters and we've already seen Triple H tonight Mankind now you know and then with the youth development coming through with like The Rock and people like that as well you know, and we're waiting for Mr. McMahon did he call him Dad? he thought it was Dad to him but his dad turned his back McMahon coming out here before any entrance music do you know when he got his first entrance music? When? Uh, it was just after Rumble 99 because the theme song was No Chance in Hell. And he took that as his own theme. Ah. Yeah. Vince comes out and calls him a disillusioned, disfigured monster. Mankind being the number one contender stains the title and the WWF. Mankind has had opportunities in the past and he has listened to Vince. Had he listened to Vince, he would be champ right now. Instead, he listens to the fans. He questions all the pain he has lived through just for the roar of the crowd. Mankind likes that roar. Mankind soiled the good McMahon name. And when he placed his filthy hands on Shane and now has the guts to ask to face the rock, he does not deserve to face the rock. He has not paid his dues. Maybe one day he will climb the ladder to take the hardcore title. But he failed at that. It is laughable that he asked, and in fact, we'll never get an opportunity to wrestle for the title. But Vince is benevolent and tells Mankind that he can enter the Royal Rumble, but has to face Triple H in order to do so. For some reason, Vince shows Mankind beating up Shane. The guest referee will be Shane tonight. So Mankind's only way of getting a one-on-one match with The Rock is to win the Rumble and face him at WrestleMania. But just look, I mean, just what you're reading there, the way McMahon basically destroyed Mankind, if you think about him, you know what I mean? If if if, if McMahon or, or Stephanie was to come out today and say that to Seth Rollins, it would basically destroy a character. It shows how strong Mankind is and how much the fans believe in him. But do you think a character like Mankind could play with taking that kind of punishment? I know Seth Rollins certainly couldn't. Um, you know, is there anyone that could compare to... It's, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, Because, I mean, you know, it's aside from James Ellsworth. Yeah, I mean, you don't really get that kind of 
just complete negativity about it. And I know that Daniel Bryan would be a case in point where Michael Cole was on commentary destroying him every night and oh, Stephanie yeah. saying you're not a B-plus player. But that didn't help out. It was the fans. Who, they didn't have an idea in their head to say to do that to get the fans on their side, you know. At this point in time, Mankind is furthest away from title picture. He can go and going against a young gun like Triple H as well as it was. Do you know what I mean? He, he's, it's going to be difficult for him to even get into the Rumble. But what a match, though. Mankind versus Triple H on Raw. Later Very on interesting, tonight, yeah. yeah. You know, and the, a year later at Raw Rumble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can forget that, yeah. The vicious street fight they had. I can't remember Mankind this year. I mean, last year, he'd, he'd been off the top of the hell in the cell, you know? Been off the top of that. Been through it with the Undertaker match. And yet, he was still standing here. The amount of punishment Mankind had taken in 98 must have been crazy, you know? And, of course, with the guest referee of Shane McMahon in the match as well, going to be an unfair advantage because Shane's not going to be happy about it because, again, like you say, you see the video two weeks ago. And Vince McMahon putting his dirty, scummy sock down the throat of Shane with the mandible claw. Yeah. That's not clean sock. Mankind can't afford clean socks. We know this as well. You know, it's always going to be a dirty. Socko is always going to be dirty. We've seen McMahon a few times now on Raw. It's obviously he is the man in charge, isn't it? And like we say, over WCW, we've seen Ric Flair now. But my man is just awesome at the moment, isn't he? Well, you have, you know, you have the likes of Vince McMahon is firing people, shooting people down. And you've got the likes of Ric Flair hiring people back because they got sacked because they had cancer at double the rate. Wrong in right, you know, right in wrongs, sorry. Yeah. And, you know, he's completely the opposite to Ric Flair. Yeah, China's talked to a girl backstage who Cole, Cole calls her girlfriend. But, uh, yeah, like I said, but McMahon at the moment, though, his mannerisms, the way he's acting, he, he, he's on top form, isn't he, McMahon? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He is the pantomime villain. Yeah, it, it, his performance is so strong, he, he's making you feel sorry for mankind. He, he, he just talks a piece of shit. Um, treat Banker like a piece of shit then, you know? The way he treats Shawn Michaels, and that's blown up in his face. A better baddie performance than Bischoff. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, he was formerly a runner for the NWO. Yeah, uh, and also it's, it's about ego, it's about comeuppance as well. The evil mastermind must get their comeuppance. Bischoff's just had it on Nitro after fucking three years. McMahon's only been doing it for like six months with Austin. He's already lost a few times. It's about seeing that guy get it thrown back in his face. There's no point in him having to go at Mankind and then Mankind never becoming anything because then it's... Do you know what Completely, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. man comes out, I was right. Yeah, <laughs> But then, you know... The villain does take W sometimes, so you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, winning yeah. against wrestlers like Mankind, he doesn't really accomplish much more after that. You know, that's a win for Vince McMahon as opposed to someone like Austin. Yeah, but it's it's getting that balance right, isn't it? And not having one too much of one, one too much of the other. Yeah. And, and at the moment, WWF that or WWE, they're, they're doing it right. In WWE, at the moment, they're kind of struggling. But it is the second match now, and what is it, Dan? It is Mark Henry versus Goldust. You sexual baby. Oh, 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 oh. And this is, oh, I suppose this is, <laughs> this is when Gold Dust was at his most craziest and Mark Henry was at his most sexual chocolatiest. <laughs> I'm going to get a t shirt that says sexual chocolatiest. <laughs> I'm the most sexually chocolatiest man ever. Well, um, Mark Henry had been a part of the nation for the past couple of years. They kind of disbanded the Nation of Domination because obviously The Rock, you know, Fruit was getting a little bit old as well. And Mark Henry and D'Lo were still teaming up. But Mark Henry had this fixation on China and just wanted to get with her. And uh, <laughs> and China said last week, you know, Mark Henry, you're mine. So it looks like that could be building up. But 
I think Mark Henry, someone his size, shouldn't really be treated like this. But I did enjoy the sexual chocolate character. You know, don't get me wrong. What did you think of Mark Henry? What was his? What was your favourite character of his? World's strongest man. You know, like the just the destructive Mark Henry, not the comicy, gimmicky type. They're they're laughing. You know, ha ha. ha. He's still got his nation colours on as well. But yeah, Gold Dust, another one who's been around for for so long and. A vital part in the Attitude Era as well, like you're saying, coming back to the Goldust character. And he, he played a role, you know, talking about a mid-carder. Never really made it to main event. Do you think he should? Um, I don't think he could have. No? The position he was put in throughout his career by Vince, you know, I don't think he ever could have. And I thought, and I think that's why Rhodes left, because, you know, he maybe feels he was still being punished or something, you know, he wasn't being able to... yeah. Go much further than being Orton's lackey, or you know, going with Sandow, or you know, having his stupid face mask gimmick. Or... Yeah, no, I think you're right, and yeah, I mean, but Goldust did for what he was given. Did like I say, did he so well. Certainly made the best of a terrible situation. Yeah, and uh, we see, and he still is. Yeah, exactly. He's still he's still doing the same title now. picture. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, over twenty years now as the same character, like you say, and Goldust trying to go, but oh. Teddy Long officiating. Yeah. <laughs> Would later manage Mark Henry, wouldn't he? Or am I just being really racist? No, he does. You know, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Mark Henry in control there with a big power slam. And Mark Henry had been in the WWE or WF for three years at this point. Had signed a 10-year contract in 1996. So WWF really had high hopes he for was Mark Henry. <laughs> gonna be... And in 2006, the Royal Rumble, didn't he have the last match at it? And the ring got collapsed by Undertaker challenging him because he lost to Kurt Angle. Yeah, and they would have Mark Henry versus Undertaker at WrestleMania as well. So Mark Henry has had a WrestleMania match against the Undertaker, don't get me wrong, you know. But I do like Sexual Chocolate, so silly. And any time my sister sees Mark Henry, she does sing the Sexual Chocolate theme tune as well, which is, you know, you don't really have those moments anymore, you know. Exactly. But Gold just trying to come back on Mark Henry, but all in the power. And at the moment, I'm not really sure who's face and who's heel in this match. I mean, Goldust is just a weird anyway, you know. He's I, th- I think Goldust is just a crazy character and, well... Like Goldust had his problems with Val Venus. Why can we get distracted? China and that really attractive-looking woman. The, 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 the woman that looks like a man and China's no. friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh! Well, Mark Henry was distracted by China. Nothing finer than China. Indeed. And Goldust now, can he, can he feel it? No, it's just a, a massive slam. And like a gold dust with the right hands in the corner. Well, if you hit this, you're going to get disqualified, gold dust. You know, I guess dreams do come true, though. Well, uh, Mark Henry's <laughs> dreams have certainly been shattered, and so have his balls. <laughs> Daddy Long's got no, he's got to say, come on, you're disqualified. But Mark Henry wins. It's a bit of a lame finish, really, wasn't it? A terrible finish, but I want to see what this sexy woman in China have to do. <laughs> Oh, China kisses Mark Henry on the cheek. Mark actually <laughs> knows that Sammy is a tranny, yeah. but he's still like, yeah, fuck he's it. He's very happy with it. I mean, we talk about WF Attitude. I think this would sum up WF Attitude at the moment with a transvestite in the ring. I mean, I say transvestite. might just be a man dressed up as a woman. I don't want to, you know, offend anybody. A cross-dresser. A cross, yeah. <laughs> really cross-dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and China's just offered a Mark Henry a threesome with her and her friend Sammy, and Mark's passed out. <laughs> yeah, China comes out, like we say, kisses Mark Henry on the cheek, says she has the confession. The other night was incredible. It absolutely incredible. 
but Mark Henry's too much of a man for just one woman. So he's offering a freeway with Sammy. And like we say, there's our reaction there to what happened. And backstage, we see Dennis Knight tied up. And I wonder what that means, eh? Any other notable news from this day, Dan? Jesse Ventura was just inaugurated today. Jesse the Body Ventura becoming governor of Minnesota. And uh, good luck to him. Anyway, uh, next match, Dan, what is it? Oh, look at the hose. Sorry, I don't want to ruin it. Puppies! Puppies! Hose! I've turned it into the king. And it is Godfather against Big Cass. Um, <laughs> test. Sorry, well, generic big guy. No, last week, Corporation beat down Godfather. Godfather's not happy because he's got all the hose here. Pimping ain't easy. And now here's a pimp, Dan. You see, this is attitude. <laughs> just Mark like... Henry's gone from <laughs> member of nation to being sexual chocolate and having three ways with a tranny and a woman, a man in a dress. <laughs> Karma Mustafa has gone on to become the Godfather, who is a pimp. Yes, and pimping ain't easy. And as The Rock, say. all he goes on about is pie. Pie, <laughs> pie, 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 pie. Uh, the only straight one is D.I. Brown, who loves his frog splash. <laughs> Last week, it was all about boss band Test, the corporation, fighting all assortment of wrestlers, as we see. <laughs> uh, but it is Test, the godfather. Look at his big horse. Look at Test. I think he's got a big future in front of him, Dan. What do you reckon? Most definitely, yes. I mean, if his nipples point down, I'm down with that. Now, Test is someone who stayed around for a long time. I don't know if many people know he was wrestling back in December of 98. That's the longevity of him really wasn't it with Test not many people know Test I mean for Test you think about it you'd be like oh yeah Test and Albert that's probably when he first had his real impact really wasn't it I mean he didn't really do anything apart from that yeah feud with Shane with Stephanie's love getting fucked over at the the wedding but you know the Test never really made it to that main event level do you think he deserved it no <laughs> what about it the- was generic big guy I think the Godfather with the gimmick and you know the way that he was he'd Never amount to anything more than a mid-card champion in the Continental. You wouldn't want a pimp as WWE champion? I would love a pimp as <laughs> WWE champion, but they wouldn't allow it. Oh, and a hoe train, hoe train there. Godfather hitting Test. Of course, like we say, last week Test attacking Val Venus. And Venus is a, a porn star, so start a pimp and the bodyguard of the corporation. Big, Ooh, big yeah. boot by Test there as well. Generic boot, boot, Godfather to the outside. Oh, but a kick to the midsection on test and a couple of right hands. Godfather's taken over. He's got something to prove in front of his holes. Yeah, he don't want to let his ladies down. Pimping ain't easy. Well, that's his attitude here at his, um, his height, really, isn't it? You know, what we've, what we've seen already. There's definitely a difference in product between WWE and WWF. Uh, between WWF and WCW, isn't there? Do you think the wrestling's a lot more entertaining? What, on WWF? Yeah. I, I, at the moment, I've quite enjoyed it. I mean... Yeah. The match is just over now with another disqualification finish. I think Test and Godfather got counted out. But Val Venus. Val Venus runs down now. They're both brawling. So no more referees. Like you said, there must be dozens backstage. <laughs> yeah, and the ref's trying to break up this fight between the two men. Oh, there we go, Test. But yeah, sorry, we talked about the wrestling. I mean, have you enjoyed the WF product more the wrestling-wise than the WSW one at the moment? It's been a lot more entertaining, yeah. You know, it's kept me gripped. It's... It's, you know, it's better to follow. It's easier to follow, you know, with WCW, you're like, eh, what? Yeah, yeah. 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 This is flown by the first hour of Raw, uh, and we are going to switch back to Nitro in a minute, but we see backstage, Dan. Yeah, backstage, and DX are in the back 
conspiring and giggling and oh, well, <laughs> well, he is, isn't he? You know, he was commissioner part of the corporation, been cast away, been cast as a degenerate, and that's what he's done now. And as we move on, we're going to move back to Nitro now. So, yeah, we're back to Nitro, but Dan, who's won the first hour of the Monday Night War? Uh, most definitely has been won by Raw. I think, you know, they've had a better storytelling. You know, they've just had a even better matches, so to speak. You know, they've had a bit of longer time to tell a story, and, you know, they've told a lot better story than the one that WCW has. Yeah, I mean, the, the WCW one, like you say, it was an hour unopposed, wasn't it? But, I mean, this is when they are really going head-to-head now, so we'll see if WCW can pull it out. And uh, something's going on in the back, Dan, isn't there? Uh, yes, there's a ruckus at the back, and the cops are stopping Goldberg, saying that they have a warrant for his arrest. What? Well, Goldberg says he's innocent, and says that no one can take him downtown for something he didn't do. Of course, they never said what he's accused of. Nope, but the cop says... Goldberg's still going to have to go downtown just to get this sorted out at least. And Goldberg says he stands for good in the community. Yeah, so resisting, so resisting arrest is standing for good in the community then, I guess, Dad. Uh, no, I don't think so. But the cop apparently knows Goldberg, convinces him to get cuffed and taken downtown. Well, we go to a commercial and we're back. The cops are taking Goldberg outside. And Nash comes out and yells at the cops that he has a match with Goldberg. But Goldberg gets driven away anyway. Well, they did say yeah, it was going to be Nash versus Goldberg tonight in the Georgia Dome, the, the rematch of Starcade, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen now. Indeed, yes. And Hogan's outside laughing, says that he's a law and order politician. Hogan says that Goldberg is guilty. As we pan back inside, we see Miss Elizabeth talking to detectives. Hmm. Liz swears a warrant on Goldberg for sexual harassment. Oh, what's going on there? Why would Goldberg sexually... Why would Goldberg get involved with Liz? Well, we'll be see what happens. That's a big story developing here now. Something does smell fishy, it's and it's <laughs> not Liz. No, it's not. And uh, yeah, something is definitely going on here. Hogan there as well. But uh, we go to back to the action, and the next match, Dan? The next match is Perry Saturn against Chris Jericho with Ralphus. Well, Ralphus, head of security. I mean, you look like you were a big Ralphus fan, Dan. You know, JPS, Jericho Personal Security. Uh, it's, it's a sidekick, I suppose. It's a manager of some sorts. And Chris Jericho looking very young. Yeah, he is. And uh, he's he's outperformed himself in WCW as he's been there. Television champion and cruiserweight champ. Kind of got a slap in the face, though, last year when um, he was he's tri- started a feud with Goldberg, or tried to. And that's how Ralph was came in because he was mocking Goldberg with security and stuff like this. And Goldberg didn't want to Jericho was too small. And it ended with Goldberg spearing Jericho just in the inches way over Nitro, over and done with. But the heat continued through too. When Goldberg did make his uh, debut on the WWE in 2003, him and Jericho had backstage fight, apparently. So Jericho's still getting involved to this day with fights, isn't he? As well? Yeah, well, Jericho's probably, what, too small? Is that how many title runs have you had? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drink on, it in, man! Yeah, start, on, uh, start on Brock Lesnar, start on Goldberg. I mean, Do you reckon had a fight? And- <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, Jericho, even though he's, they, people say he's small, not really, but yeah, young Jericho would soon be, I say soon, eight months' time going to the WWF, Perry Saturn in a year's time. But these were two, like we say, mid carders for the WSW. They were good hands, deserved more, didn't they, really? Yeah, definitely. And Jericho certainly got more. Saturn, aside from a few mediocre storylines, he didn't really make his big break. Saturn, apart from the Eliminators and ECW, um, 
a good team. Like I say, come over to WCW, part of Raven's flock. Uh, falling out of favour there. And then with Jericho, they had a match where the loser would wear a dress and sat and lost that. So. And he quite enjoyed wearing his dress as he used to wear it quite a lot. Yeah, and you talked earlier about Perry Saturn with Moppy as well, you know, never really making it there. But I, I still think Saturn's quite a good worker, just a little bit. I don't know, character-wise, do you know what I mean? Unorthodox. Yeah, I mean, we, we see now Jericho and Perry Saturn. Again, two guys with their, their real names, as it was. Two kind of, you know, the, the wrestlers who've seen it with Chris Benoit and Horace Hogan. Whereas the WRF, even though it's not the kind of... 95 kind of uh, gimmicky that they got, you know. They, they've still got characters, you know. Like, so we saw Pimp, we saw Porn Star, we saw a, a Heartbreak Kid, you yeah. know. We saw <laughs> but still, been more entertaining. I mean, this match has started off with Jericho and his showboating, as he still does to this day. I mean, you know, for a constant, Chris Jericho is definitely got to be up there with him. Yeah, I mean, Jericho was with the companies at their best time as well you know what i mean he moved over in the attitude era had so much success you know first ever undisputed champion as you like to point out with chris jericho indeed he beat austin and rock on the same night he did indeed and you know jericho here would have thought he'd gone on to accomplish this you know we talk about having heavyweight champions wcw a future WWE champion jericho and benoit along with booker t would become world heavyweight champion i mean that's only real success story wcw would have after Goldberg, but, you know, Booker T turning him into a single star, wouldn't it, you know? Yeah, but Perry, Saturn and Jericho, they've had quite a good exchange early on part of this match. I mean, you know, a bit of back and forth. It's, you know, it's looking better of the matches so far. I mean, the other four matches haven't been all that. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, either on uh, Raw, so like I said, I think this is the best match so far. Maybe they're getting a little bit more time now as well, do you know what I mean? We've gone into the, the main two hours you got competition, you want to kind of keep someone focused on what they're doing. Not many people had video recorders or, you know, DVRs, whether it is sky planners. And Saturn on the apron. Oh, <laughs> oh and a big drop kick sending Saturn tumbling to the very in the concrete floor. It is vintage Chris Jericho there. <laughs> <laughs> Still doing a springboard drop kick. Does the WCW set look cheaper than the Raw set? I think the Nitro set looks a bit better than the raw so i don't know what you think what you like the bare metal cages around the outside it looks a bit more old school uh oh no i was just talking about the entries well, i mean round ring so i mean yeah you got the nitro ring apron and the, the black mats i suppose no, I, I, I think the wcw looks a little bit better i think the wf looks a bit more the entrance way anyway i thought wcw did better <coughs> saturn is applying a sleeper but jericho gets out of it with a belly to back suplex the announcers still wonder what Goldberg was arrested for. I mean, we did see Liz Hogan, you know what I mean? Looks a bit suspicious. As Jericho picks Saturn up for a standing suplex. I was not five seconds. He's going to pin him normally. And a come on, baby <laughs> pin. Yeah, like I say, 20 years, Jericho's still the same. Really. He, he is, yeah. He's, I think Jericho is probably one of the most constant as well. You know, he's always been with the same cocky gimmick that he's... Always used. Yeah. No, Jer- Jericho instant and he, he's had talent. He's not been the best wrestler, but he's always reliable, like we say. He always has good matches. Do you think it's helped his career that he's taken a year or so out with Fozzie at points? You know, yeah. it's kept him fresh. It's kept him relevant. I mean, you know, his recent return, he's been doing really well. Yeah, no, most definitely, yeah. And Jericho tried to go spinning kick, sat and dodged it. Sat and tried to go suplex. Jericho dodged, but he's got him up. And it's his suplex. 
Oh, but only a two. Two. And Jericho is in big trouble at the moment. He is. Saturn's impressive in this match. He is, yeah. He's, you know, oh, but Jericho inadvertently caught the ref, <laughs> but doesn't inadvertently pull him in front of Saturn's crossbody, and the ref gets taken out. Oh. Punt to Saturn's nuts. <laughs> Jericho Healy Hill. Beautiful line salt there. And the fans on Jericho's side as well. I mean, Jericho was popular in WWE. Just he never treated indeed, as main yeah. of... Sorry? He was indeed, yeah. I mean, he was just never given the push he deserved. Yeah, exactly. And he's and he's got the line taming, but the, the referee calls for the bell. Well, Saturn took the ref out. I mean, Saturn is disqualified. <laughs> well, not, I mean, Jericho just being clever. and Oh, referee raising Jericho's hand. Old Drink S- it in, man. Old Scott Dickinson wouldn't really have a future in refereeing. Saturn is furious. Well, Saturn didn't give up, really, did he? I don't know what the referee was thinking there, but Jericho got the victory. But it is nice to see, I think, the best match we've seen so far. It is nice to see someone like Chris Jericho in action, isn't it? So, are we comparing this hour to the first hour of Raw? Yeah, we'll do that. That would be fair enough, wouldn't it? I mean, we had a slow Nitro start, but we're given benefit of the doubt because they had to build us up, didn't they? They did, yeah, and... They didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. But the WCW cameras followed Goldberg to the police station, <laughs> as if. <laughs> yep, and Goldberg will be in room three if anyone needs him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Goldberg is under arrest for aggravated stalking, it sounds like. Why is he wearing a fanny pack? All wrestlers wear fanny packs. It's <laughs> but uh, do you know who filed the charges, Dan? Well, it turns out it was Elizabeth Lebetsky. Now, who's, who's Elizabeth the Betsky. I mean, Goldberg doesn't know who she is. I don't know who she is. Who's that? Miss Elizabeth. Oh, oh yeah. That that would make sense. Would it? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have a go at Goldberg, but I've noticed something about him. Go on. It, what he wears, it's not really wrestling like, is it? You know, like when he came back, he had that big jacket on. Or he's not a wrestler. But he's got the like this kind of a tie. It doesn't. For me, he spends I've, his day as a Vin Diesel lookalike. Yeah, but I don't... Steve Austin, he's always going to be either in jeans or, or short denims with the Austin t-shirt, isn't he? Or a leather waist jacket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with Goldberg, he just looks like, you know, he's just... Well, they're two completely in. different wrestlers. Yeah, but Goldberg's about, not a wrestler, he's a former linebacker. You see Ric Flair, though, he'd always be wearing a suit outside of wrestling. You know, the, the, the jet flying, wheeler dealing, kid stealing... Yes, and Triple H will always be wearing jeans and a leather jacket and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, if he if he's kicking ass, if he's serious, he'll be wearing a suit now. We know this as well. I think we've moved on, but you can get the Nitro Girls calendar. Dan, I'm getting it for you for Christmas next year. Oh, we see Nitro Girls again, we should say. Look, more Nitro Girls. Woo! Yes, Nitro, Nitro. That's nitro. Booker T's missus, that one. Charmel. Yeah, Charmel, yeah. Um, but I didn't want to. Yeah, oh, look at these, look at these technical moves. Of course, similarly, the WWF were treating women as wrestlers and trying to get them involved. Someone like Sable, like, say, women's champion. Is that the same time that Vince has got Sable on a, all fours, crawling around, barking like a dog? No, that was Trish. In a, in a, just in a couple Sorry, of years. Sorry, Trish. A couple of years' time that happened. Sable at the moment was, was the WWF star. And, and that, to be fair, they did try, even though it was all bra and panties matched and stuff. With with Nitro, they, just, they never really tried, did they? You know, it was more... You know, I'm not... I was using them for their purpose that WWF was using them for, but in their correct purpose, not having them flaunting about in brown panties. But if WWF didn't do that, they wouldn't have had Lita and Trish Stratish. Trish Stratish. Trish Stratish. <laughs> they wouldn't have had Trish, Trish and Lita, would they? Managers. 
well, still, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And we see the nitro party, and yeah, it's kicking off in here as well. It yeah. looks like a real sausage fest. It does. So back in the back, the detectives are talking to Liz. Dan, take it away. Liz says Goldberg accosted her by the water cooler. Where's the woman's water cooler? <laughs> that um, looks for the arm. Is that be a? Is that a heart? Yeah. I mean, that's the coldest place on women. <laughs> oh, you've been hurt. Dan. But then Liz, <laughs> Liz goes on to say that she's filed not one, not two, but three reports. And she says that Goldberg follows her everywhere. Yeah, but the only problem with that is that when Goldberg is following when he stops, the big fireworks go off and it's really easy to spot. But you can't not notice Goldberg. I mean, he's the bloke that's surrounded by about 50 police officers. <laughs> yeah, that's funnier. That's funnier. Yeah, that's funny. I'm using that one. And every door he goes through, he just smashes. <laughs> yeah. Like, bang, and all bang, the security bang. comes by. Yeah, and people are going, go, <laughs> go. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> that's the one. There he is over there. Anyway, yeah, uh, apparently Goldberg is at all the arenas, fucker. She's at all the arenas that she's in. Isn't that strange that they're both in the same company and yet they're arenas at the same time? Really? Yeah, yeah and I bet she says that they're always at the same hotels as well because, you know, maybe WCW <laughs> just book a whole hotel. <laughs> no. Well, what, and gyms. I mean, like, wrestlers don't work out, do they? <laughs> they no. can't. So you three places. Yeah. I think Dan's following me because I always see him at his house, my house. <laughs> KFC. Oh, KFC, yeah. But then well. I was at the cinema the other day and you was there. That's true, yeah. Next to me. Not going to have action just yet because we are looking at a video, Dan, aren't we? We're looking at yeah. spe- we're having a special look at Eddie Guerrero with the LWO and some lowriders. The Latino World Order. They're partying with some Latina honey. Hey, Latino heat. I'm La Parker does the La Parker poker. Silver King is cutting a mean rug. What's that mean? <laughs> it's just how I get down with these, yo. Yeah, yo, yo, yeah. Cut a mean rug. Yo. That means something else where I'm and from. Eddie sits down with the ladies on one couch. Not two, but one. <laughs> Well, the LWO sits together on the other. Well, um, Eddie Guerrero is the leader of the LWO. What is the LWO? Like you said, it's the what? Latino World Order. And it's just a new world order, but for Latinos. That does make sense. Did you enjoy the LWO, Dan? Terrible, I suppose. You know, they was just another part of the NWO spin-offs. Do you think it's good use of Guerrero or not? It is, yeah. You know, it's showing him in his... Early days, it's, you know, it's Eddie is still, as again, what he used to portray, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, down with the honeys, <laughs> or the honeys. <laughs> down with my honeys. Um, yeah, and we see the LWO card game. What? Eddie tells the LWO their own for what they have, and Damien Dandy should leave the card game to go get everyone some sodas. Indeed, yes, and who else but El Patron makes a rousing speech at the end. Yes, he does, and this whole segment may be set up by the rumoured serious but not life-threatening car accident. Eddie Guerrero did suffer a serious car accident, literally, uh, a couple of days before this over New Year's Eve. So bad, in fact, they weren't sure if he was going to come back and wrestle. Certainly the one good thing Eric Bischoff did was when Guerrero got injured, Bischoff said, I'm not going to fire you anything like this, I'm going to pay you full, and when you come back, you can have a position right on the card. So it's only one of the nice stories about Bischoff, basically. Very Mysterio. Yeah, Mysterio's a part of it. Juventud Guerrero was a part of it as well. Psychosis, all the Mexican wrestlers that we know and love. If it was round today, you'd be, you know, Grand Metallic and um, Linsterado. Why don't you come to your senses? 
But it's a shame, though, Guerrero uh, injured like that. But he would have a few. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead, James. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know yeah. uh, he's had worse. I know. <laughs> he's, he, he would come back from this. Well, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what else happens because it's not great. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoiler alert. Well, one thing I noticed is there's a lot more non-wrestling action from WCW than there is. Do you know what I mean? There is a lot. Of videos and promos we've seen already. Definitely. I mean, this has gone on then longer than any match. Yeah. It's, it's not right. I mean, you know, and especially if people in competition, you're not going to stay watching this, are you? It's going to be a moment you're going to go, all right, I'll see what's on Raw at the moment, you know? And if it's a match, you've lost a viewer, haven't you? You know? So. Yeah. But back to the action. And uh, what is it, Dan? What have we got in store? Should have a little treat here. Um, it's a sixth match on the card, and it is a tornado match. And it is Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero. Yeah, and I mean, this is going to be quite a good match. We've seen Kidman and Mysterio teaming up in recent weeks, kind of mutual respect over the Cruiserweight title. Kidman was in Raven's flock and it's kind of turned into this guy. that I really think had a lot of potential during this time, Billy Kidman. I don't know what you thought of old Beanhead. Yeah, definitely. You know, he was good. He certainly made a good, imperi- good, uh, good appearance on WWE as well when he joined. Yeah, big talent, big fan of Billy Beanard. Yeah, I mean, and, and the Cruiserweight division, like we talk about hardcore, make it different. In, in WSW, it was just, for me, one of its crowning jewels, you know, the, the amount of talent they had in it. Most definitely, yeah, they had a lot of talent. I mean, you know, this is Lucha Libre wrestling at its finest as well. All these men accomplished Lucha wrestlers, so, you know, a lot of very good matches to be had. Yeah, and if we remember as well, we'll go back and see what wrestlers actually went forward or done stuff because again another world heroic champion Rey Mysterio will go you know fourth into WWE have a career so each man would go on to be in the WWE ring you know yeah even to grow yeah he was a rap a little bit but his attitude stunk he'd recently be unmasked as well because Bischoff apparently didn't like masked in wrestling so he wanted to get rid of it and by the end of the year psychosis and Mysterio would both lose theirs so Again, kind of, it's a it's a disrespect of the tradition, isn't it, of Mexico? If we we know you know what mask means. Yes, yeah. And has Ernest Miller, the cat, been out here yet? No. Then who's got Bischoff's tongue? <laughs> Cat's got your tongue. <laughs> I get it. That's good. That's good. Uh, no, but <laughs> back to the action. If he were, we see psychosis and Billy Kidman starting in a four talented guys. Sorry, sorry. Um, don't you mean five talent guys? Who's wrecking the match? <laughs> Yeah, old Charles. The only one out of these four, five men still in a WWE ring today. Yeah, I mean, it would take the place of Teddy Long, someone who we saw refereeing earlier. Got to keep an eye on all this stuff, do you know what I mean? What referees are better as well, you know? Charles Robinson. Yeah, well, Nick Patrick as well. No, Charles Robinson. Is good. Oh, Hebner Shirt still alone. Oh, and Billy Kidman. Two big drop kicks now on Juventud Guerrera. Oh, but misses the third, or Juventud Guerrero dodged the third, shall I say? Yeah, and uh, now with the chops. Woo! Oh, got him up in a wheelbarrow, but Kidman managing to reverse it as well. Tags in Ray Ray. And here we go. Actually, just about to pick up now. Oh! Head scissors take that. Well, Mysterio at this point in time is one of my favourites to go back and watch. He, he could do everything. His knees weren't gone yet. He, you know, he still had that spark. His knees weren't gone yet. Why has he got a massive brace on his left <laughs> knee and he's <laughs> He suffered his first big knee injury of his career, but still, th- th- bear with me here. 
Feels fucking awesome, James. I'm going to correct you more often. <laughs> no, no, it's true to correct me, but Mysterio would suffer this. Oh, he goes, spins through the rope, 619-esque. Kicks him into Graham's legs out from him. It's Turns Hooventide inside out, but jumps the top rope. Oh, that's innovative from Rey Mysterio. I mean, body scissors taking Hoover outside to the outside, but... Yeah, but psychosis from behind, keeping Mysterio down. And like I say, LWO versus Kim Mysterio. Mysterio thrown out the LWO. Hoovertude with a nip-up. And this is a nice, fast-paced match at the moment. It is good, yeah. And it is good to see like the Latino star with these three men. And obviously, Billy Kidman's style as well. You know, he's an American cruiserweight. Yeah, cruiserweight. But, I mean, the, the amount of things that he's doing... At the moment, he's creating good matches. And, and this is what WWE had over WWF, but didn't use it enough, you know? These type of matches you can put on and with a talent in the ring, keep you entertained for a good 15 minutes as well, you know? Definitely, yeah. And we've already had, you know, Nitro is picking up a little bit. We've seen the Goldberg thing with, with Liz backstage. The match quality has picked up a bit, you know, compared... But the drama quality hasn't, I don't think. I think it's still drab and droll. We still don't know what's going on. You know, we're meant to have, we have no fixed main event. I know over in Raw we have no main event at the moment either, but do you know what I mean? At least with that, there is a story of the night of a man wanted to punish mankind and any people that hurt Shane. Sean Michaels. Exactly, Sean Michaels with DX as well, and Mysterio there with a tilt world backbreak on Human 2. Can he get a tag? Oh, but Psychosis breaks up the tag attempt from Mysterio and takes out Kidman for good measure. But I have enjoyed these past two matches. I think they've been better quality-wise than we've seen in a, in a Raw at the moment. Definitely, yeah. It is real picked up now. And this is what it's all about, the Monday Night Wars, Nitro versus Raw, every Monday. And this, you know, it's primetime pickings. Everyone's either watching this or Raw. So, you know, they've got a... Like, all it takes is for me to phone up and go, James, there's a <laughs> fucking shit-hot Cruiserweight <laughs> match on WCW. I'll switch over, bruv. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, well, I'm getting a bit bored of, like, the commissioner coming out. and Yeah, know. I don't really want to watch Test versus the Godfather. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh! No matter how many hoes he brings out yeah. with him. Uh, we've got hoes on Nitro. We've got Nitro girls anyway. So, and Psychosis diving off the top towards Mysterio. Mysterio blocks it with a drop kick. Now can he get the hot tag? But both men going for their hot tag to their respective partners. Come on, Ray Ray. Tag Billy the Kid in. Billy the Kid Man. <laughs> Billy the Kid Man. Oh, he gets a tag. Oh, fucking hell. Nips <laughs> over the top rope and a head scissors corkscrew takedown. But the LWO take over. Psychosis grabbing Billy Kidman. But Billy Kidman ducks it. Gets taken out by his partner. And Kidman takes both men out in a manoeuvre. And Mysterio Kidman, double clothesline, psychosis and... Juventud Guerrero. Juventud over the top. And Mysterio coming off the top now. Down. Oh. And big hot impact move. And this is really... I really enjoy this at the moment. Indeed, yes. And both men flying off the top. Taking out their opponents. But this is the thing with Nitro and Raw. The show should get better and better. So each match should be the best match or best segment you've seen throughout the night. As Kidman's got tight. Fucking hell, this. <laughs> Kidman has psychosis on his shoulders, turned inside out. Oh. Oh, but Hoovy breaking up the three count. It was <laughs> only a two. Two. My God, high impact maneuver there. Kidman and Mysterio would go on to team in the WWE as well, uh, on the SmackDown brand, have some success. 
that was a very loose tag there that who they got. He weren't even anywhere in his corner and <laughs> Oh Mysterio tried to springboard. Oh but gets got hit with the Hoovy driver. This <laughs> could be it. Oh kid been saving his man but gets thrown out by psychosis. Mysterio looks in trouble now. It looks like they're gonna double team him. Oh Psychosis up top. Rey Mysterio takes him out. Hoovy goes to help him, but runs into a big boot. Mysterio slides between his legs. Belly to back attempt. Oh, my word. Oh, Billy Kidman up top inadvertently takes out Mysterio. He did, didn't he? And Kidman thrown out by Hoovy. Psychosis off the top right with a leg drop. Oh, gets the pin for the LWO. Oh, daylight robbery there. Bit of miscommunication between Kidman and Mysterio. Cost them the match. It did indeed. But a really good match. <laughs> it was a very good match, yeah, between the two. It's my match of the night so far. Yeah, no, fair, fair play. Like I say, cruiserweights are different. Something you are not going to see on Raw. And this is what it's all about. Mysterio Kidman, really, really good. It makes you want to see more of the cruiserweights, doesn't it, you know? It does, yeah. And we uh, go back to Goldnet. Well... Oh, there we go. Goldberg says that they're booked in the same arenas. The office puts them up in the same hotel, and he owns the gym that Miss Liz goes to. Well, that's... Yeah. It took them an hour, a half hour to work that out. We worked that out, you know, when he first got arrested, when he first had charges with relegation. Aside from knowing that he owns the gyms, but... Yeah. You know, who don't own a gym? Exactly. Who doesn't own a, a gym and a and a wine coat you know <laughs> who doesn't who, who doesn't stop dissing his clothing <laughs> options say it. right <laughs> when he's in the ring he comes out and he's dressed to mean fucking business yeah well is he not yeah no all right no. fair enough the referee's trying to restrain goldberg as we go to another ad break i'm so glad we don't have to stick with the ad breaks and it's <laughs> fucking hell that was a bit close it's hd now isn't it and who it's is it on his liver spots <laughs> it is mean gene ogland and we get a scary close-up of the liver-spotted Mean Gene Oakland. And he calls out Kevin Nash. What, it's going to be Mean Gene versus Nash tonight for the World Heavyweight title? <laughs> uh, you know. Sorry, Dad. Go don't go poke the Mean Gene so, Oakland bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mean Gene's going to fuck up Nash. Anyway. Nash has asked for time to respond. Nash says, Nash says Goldberg got screwed at start. And he doesn't take Clusel. Clusel. Clouseau, Clouseau, you know, Clouseau. Like, oh, yeah. Dr. Clouseau, Inspector Clouseau, <laughs> yeah. to figure out who's behind this. Hogan. Well, quickly, uh, before we move on for that, at Starcade, when Nash did pin him, he, he didn't know Scott Hall was there. When he saw the replay, he was upset. Looked like he was genuine, but with Kevin Nash, you never know. And like you say, he's just called out Hogan then. But Kevin Nash is part of the trusted wolf pack. What else did Nash say? Um, Nash said that since Flair is right in all the wrongs and asks Flair to give him Hogan tonight. Give what? So it could be Hogan versus Kevin Nash tonight? Potentially even for the title. Wow. We need the president out here now and here he comes. And, and what's he say, Danny? Your best Ric Flair impersonation. Oh, well, Ric Flair. Flair. You do Ric Flair. You're the better Ric Flair. <laughs> <than me. laughs> I don't know Ric Flair. Oh, shut up there. Who's don't got Ric Flair Put me on the fucking spot. Ric Flair. Woo. I can do Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, baby. The match is on, baby. You're not asking for Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> I don't Jesus Christ. What <laughs> a goddamn match. You know what, brother? <laughs> it's time for the match. <laughs> and Hogan, <laughs> we coming for you, nigga. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I think we're getting off piste a little bit. Um, <laughs> You're pissed. So, Flair 
the, the nature boy comes out, the, the wheelie dealing, kid stealing, jet flying, and Woo. he and he says the match is on. So Dan, we've got our main event. Looks like it's gonna be Kevin Ash versus Hollywood Hogan. What is how do you feel about that headlining tonight? It could potentially be a good match between the two. I mean but neither of them are famed for being the greatest of wrestlers. No, I mean I don't expect the quality wise, but we haven't seen a Nash Hogan confrontation, I don't think, on pay per view, let alone on Nitro. So tonight we could see that. It is a shame we're missing out on the Goldberg Nash match because I did want to see Goldberg in action, but I guess we'll see what happens as we go along. Indeedly, doodly. And we take another look back at the Nash Goldberg match. Yeah, I mean, it was a big atmosphere, but like I say, the, the, the wrong outcome as it was. And will Goldberg be able to recover from that? It's difficult to say, isn't it? You know, especially with all this thing going on now. And talk about this thing going on now, Dan. Well, the cops are talking to Liz again, asking for where it happened. Uh, Liz says she was at the Coke machine getting herself a Diet Pepsi. Well, hang on, hang on. (laughs) Hang on, right? Hang on a minute. I smell fucking foul play there. (laughs) And no law-abiding judge is going to let that fucking go. So, yeah, yeah, she's calling bullshit. Why would a bitch buy a diet one? Exactly. Why would she be at a Coke machine getting Pepsi? (laughs) Uh, Right. Goldberg was allegedly wearing red tights. What? What does that mean? Like the stockings and suspenders types. Fishnets (laughs) and that. I don't know what kind well, of type. So no one's going to notice a six foot two bloke wearing two hundred forty pounds. Yeah, and then Goldberg calls her up and then hangs up on her. Wow! It looks like I tell you what, Liz might be the victim here. What did she say? Liz said to the cops, "I'm the victim here." I just said that, yeah, I think yeah. And the cops are like, "Chill, Liz. <laughs> Chill. We got this. <laughs> Look, just take five. You know, five five zero here. Everything's fine." <laughs> Well, all this shit lives in Goldberg backstage. But can you believe we're only a segment away for finishing the second hour of Nitro, Dan? Eh? How good is wow, that? It's, this has flown by a lot quicker than the first hour. <laughs> I'll tell you that. We've got Mean Gene, and he's calling out people tonight, left, right, and centre. And he wasn't happy with Kevin Nash. He wants, he thought Nash was the man behind this. Nash said, no, it's all Hogan. So he's calling out Hogan. Mean Gene's got a big set of plums on him, man. Mean Gene. Mean Gene's going around backstage. He's like, hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> Was it you, nigga? Who scores a me shit, man? I'm going to fucking call you out. I'm going to call you out. Is it good to see Mean Gene still have a job at this point in time? I mean, you know, or is he bringing a kind of old tinge to it? What, what's your reckoning on it? No, I think he's he's good, you know. He's calling out wrestlers. He's getting answers. He's getting results. He ain't scared. No, he ain't scared. He ain't hurt. <laughs> he ain't scared. Hogan coming out dressed. Oh, look how snazzy he looks. The black suit, black bandana, white sunglasses. Of course, all the big stars wear sunglasses indoors. And if you notice as well, Hogan's WCW theme. What was his WCW theme, Dan? It was Voodoo Child. It was Voodoo Child. WWE don't want to pay the rights for that. So every time you hear him come out, the same with Christian, they've dubbed over the NWO entrance theme with Hogan and with Jericho. It's his... Why, you know, break the walls down theme as well because WWE don't want to do that. So They're tight. Tight. But it's good technology that it can still have the commentary team talking and the music as well and everything else. But, well, but Hogan says the world of pro wrestling still revolves around Hulk Hogan. True. Well, it'd be difficult to say otherwise, wouldn't it, really? He's been on top as world champion for the past 
15 years at this point, do you know what I mean? At like, least, like at least three decades, four decades. On, honestly, Hogan, and, and he'll keep going. He'll, he'll still have another title, right, world title reign in the noughties, you Definitely. know? And it's interesting, quickly, you might, I'll make a good point. Uh, WWE, <laughs> WWE. Are you complimenting on yourself or making a good point? WWE say, WWE say, like, oh, this is what WWE did wrong, this is what they did. And yet WWE still did it. They employed people like Scott Steiner. They employed Hogan, gave him world title reign. They employed Nash, giving him, you know, title matches against Triple H and stuff like this as well. So, you know, WWE still made the mistakes WWE made. Uh, the only difference was it didn't kill the company because WWE were too strong, you know? Indeed. It's an excellent point, yeah. And, um, yeah, and Hogan said that he was going to take this time to say goodbye to the fans and to announce his vice president candidate because Hogan at the moment is running for president, Dan. However, when Hogan came here and saw the sexual deviant Goldberg, it made him sick, brother. Yeah, because we know how Hogan and Liz get on so well because Liz stayed at Hogan's house while she was divorcing Macho Man Randy Savage. And, of course, he knows that Goldberg is a sexual deviant as well. Indeed, yes. It's, you know, Goldberg recorded that porn. What was it called? No. Oh, no, sorry. That was Hogan, wasn't it? Yeah. So you talk about sexual deviants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It was, Hogan was in the porn film. Sorry, yeah, Goldberg. And Hogan says that Nash has been starting rumours that Hogan is scared of him. And he says he owes his fans one last retirement match. Well, one last match. Retirement match. Hogan's last match ever, Dan. I mean, what a moment that would be. Indeed, yes. Does he deserve a last retirement? Uh, well, if he's going for presidency, then he's going to need to take time out. And I suppose it's no better time than the present, really, for Hogan to have his last match tonight against Kevin Nash. And I mean, what a moment that will be, Dan. Indeed, yes. And I'm excited to see Hogan's last retirement match. I hope he gives it his all. Yeah, exactly. Right, listen to this. Hollywood Hogan walks away and you look at us 40,000 plus on hand if you're even thinking about changing the channel to our competition fans do not because we understand that Mick Foley who wrestled here one time as, as Cactus Jack is going to win their world title oh, gonna put some butts in the seat commercial break. If you're thinking about changing channels to our competition, we want to let you know that unlike us, they've got their show in the can. Their show's been taped. Later tonight, Mick Foley, who once wrestled here as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. I mean, that's going to be their world champion. Wow. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, well... Well, what a horrible fucking move from WCW there, Dan. I think it would be a lot more wrong, though, if the WWF hadn't spoiled the result on their own webpage, you know? <laughs> oh, it, yeah. It was the early <laughs> days of internet in and the World Wide Web. It, well, like I say, it's pre-recorded, so we don't know yet, but like I say, it is going head-to-head. And I'll just read the transcript. It says, yeah, Tony Schiavone says, fans, don't even think about changing the channel because we've learned that our competition, Mick Foley, who used to wrestle with his Cactus Jack, is going to win the world title. And then the line, hey, talk about putting asses in seats. Uh, you know, <laughs> what, what, what can you say about it? Uh, and, and the problem as well is they had a product that people want to watch to see what would happen with the Hogan-Nash-Goldberg thing. And yet at that point in time, and later on in the night when they made a comment, people switched over to Monday Night Raw, which is exactly what we're going to do now. 
Yes, it is Raw's second hour, and we've just seen uh, DX with Shawn Michaels backstage giggling with each other. We'll see what they got planned later. And we've just come off the back of Tony Schiavone's comments as well on WSW. And Spear, the man who was talking about Mankind will be in action against Triple H, as we know, for a shot of the Rumble, Dan. Yes, indeed. And Mankind also has a title shot. Yeah, if he wins the Rumble, he gets the title shot. Yeah. Yeah. At WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, so this is all what we're we're building towards now. Mankind versus Triple H. And Shane McMahon has come out here and he's going to be special guest referee. Do you think he'll do Mankind right, seeing as what happened two weeks ago? No, um, I think he's going to be completely one-sided. Yeah, I do as well. It doesn't really... Bit weird situation, though, because he's helping DX out, isn't he? But... In a way, he's kind of pitting Mankind versus DX because DX have been there to help him out, haven't they? So, divide and conquer with man. So, like you say, Shout Man. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. And Shout Man is not going to call this down the middle either. Like I say, Mankind beating him up two weeks ago. But Triple H at this point, not yet the game. What are you thinking about him? Well, you know, he's kind of developed a lot from his Hunter Hearst Helmsley character. And, you know, having China by his side as he did before he got into DX, you know, it was, it's was it been a good thing for Triple H, I think. Yeah, no, he's built on that success, hasn't he? Like I say, he's uh, done anything in the mid-card at the moment, you know, being European champion, Intercontinental champion, feuding with uh, DX versus the nation throughout the summer of night. And, yeah, Triple H would turn his attention to a, a world title. I mean, he wanted to be considered up there. But going against Mankind, these two men have feuded throughout the years as well. They have indeed, and you know, this not their first confrontation. I'm sure it won't be their last. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Mankai coming out here. He doesn't look like a champion, does he? Doesn't it? No. <laughs> doesn't look like a But then again, the three men that's in the ring, two of them are general, well, one of them's an owner of SmackDown, one of them's a general manager, and the other one's a COO. Yeah, it's NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <You> got... <laughs> head of Raw, head of SmackDown, and head of NXT. Oh, look at Shade smirking at McFoley. No, he's just smiling. He doesn't have a cigarette in his hand. Oh, and they lock up now. Let's hope Shane can be an impartial referee. Oh, we don't want him. We don't want him to ruin what could be a good match between the two. Yes. And Mankind working on Triple H's arm in the early going. He's got him in a over-the-shoulder arm holder. Yeah. Pounds his arm. Triple H responds with the big right hand. Would you prefer Triple H pants or Triple H the trousers like he's wearing there? Triple H in pants. You like his pants? <laughs> I like him in pants. No, he's he's still quite small at this point as well. He's not he's not really put on that much muscle, is he? I'm not saying no. that he he the you know. Well, we cannot confirm nor deny that he may or may not have taken illegal performance enhancing substances. But I tell you something, with them substances, he's definitely put on a lot of uh, muscle mass, didn't he? In the next twelve months. Indeed, he did. Yes. <laughs> oh, and a. Bulldog there from Mankind. Mankind's getting a bit of control now. What's Shane? Shane's worrying. Well, after all the excitement we had on Nitro, you know, we're back on Raw now. There's Mankind and Triple H square off. And Triple H in a huge clothesline there. And Shane McMahon, not yet done anything wrong in this match. Not not yet. No, he's called it right down the middle. And Shane and Vince do like being special guest referees. I mean, throughout 98, 99, they must have had about 100 matches each of them. Good job, they're both accomplished referees. Yeah, well, Shane got his start with a referee back in the day. And Triple H to the outside, where's Foley going to go? Oh, baseball slide sending 
Triple H into the barricades. Yeah, and uh, unlike the springboard uh, hurricane we saw earlier at Nitro, this is the <laughs> baseball slide by Mankind. Knocks Triple H off the eight for now. Again, Mankind, he's in a bit of control here. He could go on to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, Mankind's got a point to prove as well against, you know, what McMahon said earlier about him. Guess what everybody thinks as well. Does he deserve to make it there? Oh, and a sunset flip by Triple H. Goes for the pin. Last count by Shane and <laughs> gives Triple H the win. Oh, Shane kicked Foley's hands. Well, Triple H wins and Foley is not going to the Rumble. It's a good Shane did a quad drop to go. Oh, yeah, well done, Triple H. Not really much of a match. Shane really ruined that. Triple H has the mic and tells him that business is business and that it will do whatever it takes to win the title. See, we said Triple H now wants to be WF champion. That's yeah. fair enough. Yep. And, you know, he, he got the win in the match. He does. Triple H tells him, Happy New Year. And Pedigree Shane <laughs> plants him right down. And he tells Mankind that he is all his. And Mankind has a Shane in a move and threatens to break his shoulder. Shane is screaming. Uh, Shane looks like he's in tremendous pain here. It looks like an abdominal stretch as such on the ground. Cross-faced, sitting-down chicken wing. It is, and it's interesting to see a submission move you can get in and also have a microphone where you can use it <laughs> to check on it yourself is. and Shane. You must have really thought about that. And like you say, McMahon's coming down here now with uh, his Stooges, Pats and the Briscoe. Oh! Well, what will Mankind do? Well, what does Ma- Vince McMahon have to do to let Mankind let go of the submission on Shane? Well, he wants a title shot tonight. And, you know, it is almost as if someone with the future. He does want a title match tonight, you're right. And Vince does agree. But now he wants it no DQ as well. And as Shane's screaming, Vince can't do anything else about it, can he? He's got to make it what Mankind wants. He's got to give him what he wants where he's going to snap Shane McMahon in half. And he gives it to him, and Mankind lets him go. Well, Mankind gets what he wants then. He gets a yeah. title match tonight against The Rock. No. So Tony Schiavone was right. Tony Schiavone, what we've just heard there. Like we say, this is pre-taped, and I guess that was the angle. We were wondering how he's going to get into it. Yeah. Um, Mankind now using Shane again. I mean, is Shane the weak link of the corporation at the moment? He certainly seems that way. You know, he's... If it wasn't for... Shane interfering in the match. Well, who put him in that position in the match? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does Vince McMahon blame Triple H? Now is it McMahon's fault for putting his son in harm's way? But The Rock can't be happy backstage <laughs> realising. I'm talking of The Rock. Well, speaking of the devil, the devil shall appear. The Rock's saying to McMahon, what the fuck are you doing? Which is fair enough. <laughs> the Rock is visibly upset. No, The Rock lost clean to Mankind. At rock bottom, like we said, and if it wasn't for the man's intervention, we were at a new champ. Tonight, could The Rock be in trouble? So anyway, before we get on a bit too far, what did you think of the match, James? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a match, was it, really? <laughs> Not really, no. About four minutes long, but yeah, Shane getting involved. More of an angle enhancer, wasn't it, really? Do you know what I mean? It was indeed, yes. Yeah, moving on to now we know our main event. So now, at this point in time, Dan, we now know our main events for each show as we go into our second hour's. We know on Raw, we've got Mankind versus The Rock for the WF title. Yeah. And whilst over on Nitro, we've got Nash versus Hogan, I assume, for the World Heavyweight title as well. So Indeed, yeah. You know, it's they've kind of got a similar format as well, haven't they? You know, the way things go out, it's just, you know, who who do you think's winning the polls now? That's what I was going to say. I was gonna ask you. I mean, what match piques your interest? Um, oh, 
What what main event are you most looking forward to? I think Nash and Hogan has the potential to be a good one. But, you know, also Mick Foley versus The Rock. Yeah, but I think with Mankind and The Rock, we, we have seen that match. I don't think Nash and Hogan will be seeing a match that match. I'm looking forward to that match. Hopefully, if it delivers, then WCW can, you know what I mean, have a strong footing into the rest of the year as well. Yeah. But the action does continue on Raw. That's what we love about it. And the next match, Dan? The next match is D'Lo Brown. You know, we've seen all his former brothers going against Edge. <coughs> and we speak about young talent on WSW's side. I think we should credit WWF now for someone like Edge. Definitely, yeah, you know. And again, who would have predicted Edge to go on and have such a great career? Would you look at him now and think, yeah, he's going to be a multiple-time heavyweight champion, a Royal Rumble winner, Money in the Bank winner. You know, he's going to have done pretty much everything there is to do. Appeared in some of the greatest tag team matches of all time, as well as some of the singles matches of all time. Um, I would say no, but the thing is, with Edge, he got the opportunity, and maybe some of the talent over WSW saw will do with Edge, who thought maybe they're talented, more talented than Edge was, and say, right, that can happen to us. You know, like you say, he got given a chance. He got to run with Edge and Christian as well, you know, the tag team as it was. And he was a good-looking babyface. It's weird to think that his rated R character kind of helped him. Well, he is, though, isn't he? I mean, I've always liked Edge. I mean, especially here. You know, this is when I first knew Edge, and it was like, no, you wouldn't have thought he was world champion, but definitely had potential. Out of everybody so far, Test, you would have thought, oh, maybe he's got a bright future ahead of him. But it's only because I like Test as well. Well, I, I didn't really like Tess. No, and Edge early on with a drop kicks to D'Lo Brown. And D'Lo Brown, is he someone you like? You better recognise. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I thought his, the way he moved his head really annoyed me and I hated him for that. Is D'Lo Brown a bit like uh, Conan or someone like that? Do you know what I mean? Someone you might not get if you're a WWE fan. You're like, who the fuck is this D'Lo Brown? He was European champion, God damn it! He, he held all that. Nah, I... I didn't really like D'Lo Brown. I, I wasn't a fan of him, his at all. Oh. Um, Conan, you know, I thought he was all right. <laughs> well, D'Lo Brown's got the chest protector he's had for eight months due to bruised ribs. Goes to the outside. What's Edge going to do? Jesus oh. Christ, he's just thrown his body over the top rope there and taken out D'Lo. Well, D'Lo Brown is looks to be in control as he runs towards D'Lo. Oh! D'Lo catches him, flapjacks him on the barricade. I see what you mean, the barricade. The, the black does look smarter, but I think the entrance way, I think Nitro for me wins it. Do you like the raw kind of... I think it's a bit more... It's just a big tight job, really, isn't it? It's not anything... Yeah. No, I don't know. The entrance way, I think WCW has it. The ring and the ring styling and, you know, the ring area, that this square bit here that you can see on camera all the time, I think that's it's better in raw. Yeah, I like the the the, the lovely ring logo of Nitro on Nitro, but I do prefer these ropes and turnbuckles. So you'd have WWE. like raw across the middle of the ring. Yeah, I've always liked the way WWE have never ever had stuff on their um, canvas before. You know, yeah. apart from now the cruiserweight stuff before I think WrestleMania twelve, but WCW always did that. I always thought that was a bit snazzier. But I think the WWE ring is bigger as well. Do you know what I mean? I slightly think it's bigger, slightly bigger, yeah. yeah. As they're back in the ring and they're going back and forth, they're putting a lot into this. Yeah, it's not a bad match, actually. It's, it's you know... Oh! And a running powerbomb by D'Lo. Yeah, D'Lo hit sky high, a move that would paralyse Droz later on in the year. And D'Lo now up to the second row. <laughs> what? That's, that's a bit low. <laughs> uh, D'Lo yeah. Brown now liking what he's doing. 
Like I said, been feuding with X Pac throughout most of the year, and he's he's, he's he's taking the piss with Edge there. Come on now, can't wait that long. Do you know who Edge is going to be? God damn it, that could have contributed to neck, Edge's exactly. neck injury. Don't break his fucking neck, yeah. Not the, not the massive ladder bumps that he's going to have. Yeah, no, the, the slamming down by D'Lo, who goes second rope. Of course, D'Lo's finisher was famously... Frog Splash. Frog Splash, one of the best Frog Splashes around. <laughs> Apart I from think. Guerrero's, <laughs> RVD, Rollins. Anybody else that uses Frog Splash? Kevin Owens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's making a slight comeback now, Dan. Go on, Edge. He's delivered a big high drop kick there to D'Lo, throws him in the corner. Irish it whips him to the opposite. Oh, but gets chucked outside by D'Lo, but lands on the apron, and D'Lo doesn't see that, celebrates a bit prematurely, and Edge takes him down. Yeah, and Edge on the top rope now. He's going to go for a dive and cross body. He does, hits it. He'll get One, the free two, here. Oh, and only a two count. Two. D'Lo managed to kick out. Uh, uh, and oh, who's this coming down to well, the ring? Jackie and Terry. Jackie and Terry, PMS, as they're known, and Terry Reynolds at the moment is pregnant. Is she? Terry, as you see, holding her baby. Not sure whose baby it is, but she's saying it's D-Lo's. How can it be D-Lo Brown's? Has he fucked her? Well, the PMS were associated with D-Lo and Mark Henry back September. But, I mean, and, oh. Oh, hello. She just lost a baby, Dan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I saw her ass, mate. I don't give a fuck about a baby. I didn't well, lose my baby. Well, <laughs> Terry Reynolds just fallen off the stairs and, and lands on her stomach and... And we talk about attitude here, about the good, and we talk about the bad, and Terry Reynolds here. It's terrible. Um, do you think Do you think it's suitable, this type of angle? I mean, we've got to look at the good and bad of Raw. Um, <laughs> no. No. I mean, look at her, she's got a... This is probably one of the worst angles that's ever been since Vince pitched the incest angle. Uh, and, and this is part of what we're doing on this episode as well is that you know it wasn't all WSW did wrong and all WWE did right there were good and bad on each show and we're trying to work out you know what I mean WWE did the actual did do bad things you know stuff that wasn't entertaining or bad it did indeed and I do believe D-Lo must have been well Terry screaming and uh, referee saying nah nah we've got to stop this and stretcher and again it, I think it's in poor taste a little bit but like I say you know this this is what they had to do, you know, it was, it was soap opera-esque, wasn't it, really, you know? Very soap opera. So, very soap opera. And you see, wouldn't you rather have them dancing in the aisleways than pretending <laughs> they've got a baby and collapsing to the floor? Comparing Terry I mean, and Jacqueline. With you know. <laughs> the Nitro girls. Well, there's no comparison, really, is there? No. This this is real, real poor taste. I, I, I always hate, I don't know why it is, but... I always hate stretcher angles in, in wrestling. I just I, I don't find it appropriate because when something does happen seriously, then you can't differentiate between the two, can you? You know, so I think this is you blur the line, so I don't think it works. And again, after the ad break, we see another distasteful look at this. Um, Raw was Raw is war for the first hour, then the second hour became war zone. Dan, yeah, we've got Goldberg being arrested for. Chasing down Miss Liz. We got an abortion angle here. Mark Henry fucking a bloke. We got. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's 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 a highlight, and we've not even got to the main event yet. The doctor is there, and he can't feel heartbeat. He he can't feel heartbeat, Dan. 
There, there's no baby now. And, and they can't feel a heartbeat. How fucking stupid. It is, it is. Here comes Kane. This? Yeah. Oh, no, not this kind of Kane here, but the early Kane. I don't like the Stooges lackey with stupid signs pinned to his back. Well, I mean, he's got Briscoe's body shop in his back. <laughs> I mean, I'll explain a little bit more about Kane. Obviously, he was the monster with Paul Bearer by his side, the monster you loved. Uh, teaming up with the Untaker, thought I think was right. And then Paul Bearer turned his back on Kane, went back with the Untaker. And Kane didn't really handle that well. Kind of went crazy, went to a mental institution, mental institution, and Vincent Mann saved him. And that's why he owes the corporation, basically, at the moment. Kane is still a deranged monster, but being controlled by Team Corporate. Uh, Shane McMahon's in the ring, so I guess he's all right. Yeah, well, Shane is fine, and he's on the mic, and he's saying this will be a handicap match. It'll be Kane versus Patterson and Briscoe. My God, Pat Patterson, the first Intercontinental Champion, and Gerald Briscoe, one half of the famous Briscoe Brothers tag team. Kane doesn't stand a chance in this one, does he, Dan? They are scared, and Vince tells them, too bad. And how he told them, anyone involved with his son in being hurt will pay. And they too was involved in his son being hurt. Yes, they were, Dan. Like we say, McMahon doesn't like anybody touching or hurting his precious son, Shane. And Kane, the weapon of mass destruction here. Patterson offering sweets. Uh, that no, might work for some cigarette and a condom. Is <laughs> it cigarette and a condom? Kane is taking out Briscoe now. And that sign could be in trouble. Where's Patterson going? Outside? Oh, Kane has Briscoe by the throat. Patterson's got himself a steel chair. Oh, Briscoe all the way to hell with a choke slam. <laughs> Patterson looked like he was going to hit Kane with a chair, but offers it to him so he can sit down. And Kane kicks it out of the ring. And Shane's still on the microphone, giving it all his best. Patterson, down! Choke slam to Patterson. And he's not finished yet, is he? I mean, Kane, a deranged monster. He won't mess with him. Oh! And he posts uh, Briscoe. And a big red machine now, battering Patterson. And Shane can still... Oh, my God, Kane choking Shane now. Well, McMahon threatens to send Kane back to the insane asylum. If he, or the mental institution, as I said. If he doesn't let go of Shane, you can see the power there that McMahon has over Kane. Indeed, Kane is a monster. He really is. And at this moment in time, God knows what the future holds. It's a weird angle at the moment for Kane, isn't it? You know, It is a very weird cut. You kind of want him to break from the corporation, maybe go in his own way. And don't worry, fans, he would. And this is what the good thing about WWF as well. They always have payout for the characters. We know there was sometimes that you just forgot about him, but most <laughs> of the times, <laughs> yeah, at this yeah, point in time, sometimes you didn't. But Shane McMahon and Mr. McMahon have been dominating this episode of War, haven't they? With no Stone Cold, we've only seen a bit of The Rock. I mean, Mankind's been involved as well. Saying so not a lot of star power, really, is it? Think about it. No, not yet. Briscoe Pats are not happy with each other. And we come back for the ad break, and we still see Dennis Knight hanging in like a kind of weird, it looks like Dan's sex dungeon. And Bradshaw and Farouk look like they're unchaining Dennis Knight. I wonder what they got planned for him. And next match, Dan? Uh, next match is Al Snow against the Road Dog for the hardcore title. Oh, well, what does everybody want? Head! What does everybody need? Head! 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 Al Snow has gone a little bit crazy in himself as well. Ever since the brood uh, gave him a bloodbath a couple of weeks ago, he's not been right. He's really not been right. Uh, you can see the help me on his head as well. And you can see head itself gone through some changes as well, you know. But do you like head, Dan? 
No, I think it's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. It's almost as stupid as having, uh, I, I don't know, like, a, like bringing out a horse, a little toy horse, a hobby horse. All right, what about Head versus Pepe? Who wins? No one wins in that <laughs> match. Oh, and uh, Al Snow hid. He put Head down as Vodog came out and he got sneak tacked. And here we go, that's what Hardcore Tart was all about. Do you enjoy the Hardcore division? Yeah, it was very interesting. I like the 24-7 rule. I thought that was, you know, it was good for a, a while while it lasted. Um, yeah, you know, it was it was a different side of things, really, wasn't it? It really was, and anything goes. Brawling all around as they have up the entranceway. Road Dog throws Al Snow to the stairs. Another DX member in action. Indeed, they're getting, they're getting a lot of coverage. And we have Road Dog setting up a table there. Oh, no, but he gets interrupted by Al Snow. Beats the back of him with a chair. I mean, this is well and truly hardcore heaven. Oh, Al Snow has been in the land of extreme, so he knows what it's all about to go extreme. Sets up the chair and just... <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Throws himself at Road Dog. Road Dog just disappears over the barricade. Road Dog's in the laps of the fans and Snow's setting up a table. This one could get messy. It could be, and uh, we're seeing a bit of outside action at the moment. We haven't seen any tonight at all. <laughs> see, we've had the cruiserweights on the hardcore division, you see? There's a, a lot of difference between the two. And now Snow's setting Road Dog up on a table. Oh, springboards off the barricade into a moonsault, but Road Dog dodges the moonsault attempt, and now Al Snow goes crashing through the table. Um, Road Dog, like you say, just uh, Road Dog there, denting that baking tray across Al Snow's head, and Al Snow, like he's, he's enjoying that, yeah. <laughs> begging for more, and the third time takes him down, and that'll be it. And now cover ooh. only a one count this time, and now Road Dog and Al Snow still on the outside haven't been in the ring yet, which is always good for a hardcore title match. Definitely, yeah, and a few weapons as well. I like to say. <laughs> Well, remember that um, hardcore title match, Al Snow versus Bob Holly, wasn't it? St. Valentine's, Valentine's Day Massacre, when they brawled out towards the... Uh, mis- yes, yes, that was very interesting. No, it's fantastic. I mean, that's what hardcore division brought, wasn't it? It's like different. Yeah, I like the backstage rumbles, you know, when there was like a 10-man scramble for the <laughs> hardcore <laughs> yeah. title and everyone's just pinning everyone. And Road Dog and Al Snow were kind of innovators of hardcore division... In WWF, the first hardcore champion, Dan, who was it? Couldn't tell. Mankind was awarded a hardcore title by Mr. McMahon in just a month ago as a kind of uh, career achievement. And then since that point, Roadog has taken it on as his own. Roadog sets up the table and throws Al Snow through it. Hip toss. Oh, bloody hell. Hip tossed him off them steps there to the entrance way. <laughs> Road Dog looks to be starting to gain some control. He is, and uh, Al Snow's in serious trouble. You would think after the move like that through the table, you would go for a pin, but this is hardcore. You're not going to keep them down, are you? And you can't keep a crazy man down. I mean, Al Snow's starting to take over on Road Dog. I mean, hip toss for a table and a big elbow, and he's back in control. Yeah, Al Snow likes it as they go. The backstage area, there's some cops that arrested Goldberg. Oh, no, wrong program. That that, cop, that policeman completely, he was like, I'm going to go this way, I'll be safe. Oh, no, that's a utility cupboard. They're going to go and use stuff in there. Yeah. Well, Moppy, there he, there he is later. And now Snow, oh, my word. And he's hosing down Road Dog. 
Yes, and a box of tissues got involved. Yeah, oh, Alf- that's going to seriously hurt. Alf knows on a... Oh, what was that? He broke over Road Dog's back. A broom. Yeah, a little detective there with a hat on as well. Suddenly a match going on here. Yes, I'm a match going on, see? And, oh, my word. A road thrown into a trolley with plants on it. Well, this is definitely the, the craziest match we've seen so far. Most definitely, yes. And Road Dog's T-shirt says, down where? Down here. <laughs> oh, my word. And now they planted Road Dog with something there. Oh, and he plants him again. <laughs> uh, oh, God, you can see the... Oh, I'll throw him into the barrels. I can see barrels. Oh, no. Oh, my he word. threw him into a pole. Oh, look at Al Snow. He can do ninja stuff. He stabs Road Dog with that. <laughs> Spins it around and stabs him with the opposite end. Oh, you try and take this as serious competition, and then they start throwing plants at each other. You just think, I, I can't do this. <laughs> Road Dog reversal. There's a pallet chop. Yes! That could be very dangerous. Strike! Oh! <laughs> Strike! <laughs> Road Dog with a barrel roll there on our snow. So now I'd like this little segment. My mate Keith Kegwin. <laughs> and now they're still fighting for all these dangers. I mean, none of these weapons are gimmicked here. It's all real. And none of these wrestlers have gone for a pinfall. They're just beating the shit out of each other. They are. And they're just somewhere backstage. And now snow. Oh. oh, reverses him and sends him into a stack of barricades. Oh, Road Dog's going to try to put Al Snow's fire out. Can he get working? <laughs> nope, so he just beats him with it instead. Oh, my God. Through the fire exit. But Al Snowing, Dan. Al Snow's outside in the snow. <laughs> he is Al Snow. And look at wonderful winter wonderland out here. What's Road Dog got? A snow shovel. Oh. Beats Al Snow into a... Trailer? <laughs> it's that wheelbarrow and bin. What's he got him in? I don't know, it's like a salt spreading machine. <laughs> oh no, that's let's go for a ride. Oh <laughs> so crashing into a rolling door. Uh a metal door and yeah, he's he looks in a lot of trouble now, snow. Snow is falling. Well snow did fall then and road dog well. He's not going to be a hot dog right now, is he? I mean, he's trying to fight Al Snow. And Al Snow, after that impact, all nearly slipped then. Both men trying, struggling to get grip. It's a real fight. What's happened? <laughs> like, Why is there a referee? <laughs> oh. Well, Snow cone to the midsection. Snow joke out here, lads. <laughs> oh, no. No, dog. Don't go for a pile driver, you mentalist. Oh. Through those wooden pallets. Jesus Christ, son. And that's it. And a free count there on Snow over the pallets, and Road Dog is the winner. Well, I mean, <laughs> what a great match. I really enjoyed that, Dan. What about you? I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was a lovely adventure. It took us on a lovely walk around the arena and to the great outside, <laughs> finished on a lovely seated pile driver onto a pile of pallets. I mean,. What more could you ask for in a match? Yeah, honestly, couldn't ask for more. And that's what's nice about it as well. Differences in product as well. That's why you kind of need two products because you did them as well. You know, you get the hardcore, you get the cruiserweight style. As Vodog's going to go back to the ring and celebrate. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really good. I mean, yeah, it's hardcore stuff, but fuck it. It's good, you know? I'm not going to argue with it. We're and the here. first time that these two fellas have, well, Road Dog's been in the ring during this match and it's <laughs> yeah. at the end to get his title. 
And what a championship that hardcore one is, isn't it? You know, it's really something to, to cherish, not to lose. Do you think it's the perfect hardcore title, though? Yeah, no, it is. Seriously, WCW later on in uh, 99 would bring a hardcore title, and it just looked like a normal belt, and it's like, well... No, if you're hardcore, you don't want a fucking shiny belt. Do you? No, you, you want, want a you hardcore want that, yeah. title. And Road Dog must be cold. He got hosed down, and then he got taken out in the snow as well. So he must be catching his death. Chili Dog. And <laughs> backstage, Bradshaw and Farouk had just chucked Dennis Knight through a weird door. I wonder what that's all about. Looks a bit eerie stuff, that. Yeah, and uh, backstage, Dan? Backstage... HBK is, is happy to be with DX and he hugs Triple H. He's going to bring the surprise DX style. Triple H does not seem to care after he leaves. The Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Oh, look, look at Triple H's reaction there. Is that saying something? Does, does Triple H not like HBK back because, you know, Triple H is the leader of DX now and Shawn Michaels is going to, you know, he threatens his position maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so we're back today. We're, back, we're outside now and Shawn Michaels... And the car keys don't work in the car door and he's locked out. I mean, the door closed behind him after he left. Who's that behind Shawn Michaels? And we're back from the ad break and... Shawn Michaels been attacked. Moments ago, we saw it. I mean, what's happened? We've seen Shawn Michaels on the windscreen there, busted wide open. And he turns round and... Oh, oh look. it's boss man, test, Kane, everyone. Oh, it's the whole corporation there attacking him as the cameraman gets knocked over. And then, yeah, they smashed it through the fucking windscreen. I mean, that's brutal, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed it is, yeah. You know, they've beaten a granny out of Sean. Well, not only... I don't think the granny... Look at the state. He looks like he's... Had, he's, he's, he's been in a car crash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is just... That is, that's quite scary looking as well, really. I mean, very yeah. realistic, the way they got that. I mean, obviously, he didn't get through, thrown through the fucking windscreen, but... At yeah. this point in time, I mean, it's a moment, right? Definitely, yeah, you know, he's had the tar beaten out of him by a group of burly lads. Well, not only burly lads, but, you know, this corporation, the McMahon's uh, henchmen, as it was. And you see what Shawn Michaels did last week, the super kick. Don't cross the boss. McMahon's got to him, you know, and what can you say? McMahon rules at the moment. Yeah, storyline, this has got to be the better one, the more gripping one. It's like, oh, you know, what the fuck's happened to Sean? Why didn't Triple H care? You know, what is what's going down? What is going down? And as we see Sean stretched away and taken away by ambulance, it is main event time on Monday Night Raw. We're going to stop it and just go back. We are going to go watch the third hour of Monday Nitro. So we are back on WCW Nitro as we go into the third hour here. And backstage we see Chris Jericho and he's praising Scott Dickinson and saying that next time Saturn lays hands on him, Dickinson should DQ Saturn. Well, we saw it earlier. Maybe Jericho is trying to favour up, the, you know, trying to buddy up with the referee. I mean, it's good to have a referee on your side, isn't it, Dan? It is indeed, yes. As we see with a shame at man with Triple H and Mankind. But next match on Nitro... The next match is for the World Television Championship and it is the champion Scott Steiner versus Conan and Scott Steiner's got NWO member Buff Bagwell in his corner. Yeah, and uh, these two have been teaming up ever since Scott Steiner betrayed his brother Rick back in the early part of 98. Buff and Scott Steiner have been inseparable, really, part of the black and white. And what, what you, would you rate Scott Steiner on the mic as he's grabbed one here? 
Um, not great. No, he, he's, he's not not good, is he? But um, <laughs> but Scott wants Buff to tell him what a freak he is. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, okay then. Yeah, but Scott actually got a, a decent response to his holler. If you hear me, which is probably his famous, uh, his most famous line anyway. Now, isn't it? It is. Yes. Buff mocks Dan Reeves and the Atlanta Falcons dance. He does, and uh, Steiner says that Conan wants to get beat up one more time. And the Wolfpack music brings out Gonad. Well, like I can say, Con- Gonad Conan is not the best. And uh, I don't really like Buff Bagwell either. I think Scott Steiner's my favourite out of the, uh, the three men there, Chomper. What do you reckon? Scott Steiner probably has the most going for him, yeah. Yeah, if we're, if we're looking at it like this, I'm very much a Scott Steiner. You're the Buff Bagwell of this team. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you understand that, don't you? That's, that's fair comparison. If you're the Scott Steiner, I'm the Charles Robinson. <laughs> yeah, you literally, yeah. It's it's almost like it's Hogan versus Al Snow, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to compare yourself to Al Snow, James, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's the best line of the night. Here comes Conan. Dan, tell me about one of your favourites. <laughs> don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. He's a Latino Wolfpack member. And Conan's... The world television champion. No, that's what it says on the graphic. I don't think that's right. But yeah, Wolfpack in the house. You liked Wolfpack, Dan? I was a fan of the NBA, yes. Especially Conan? <laughs> um, no, he, wasn't my, he wasn't my most favourite member of the Wolfpack. I mean, you know, he wasn't a great wrestler. No, it's not much surprise, really, that he didn't get a job with WF after it all ended. I mean, Conan's useless. I mean, <laughs> he's got Buff Bagwell as well. He just looks ridiculous. Steiner getting in Conan's face. Oh, and the match hasn't even... Well, it has now. Charles Robinson rings for the bell and Conan starting off early on Steiner. But Conan... uh, Conan tries the carpet muncher on Buff. (laughs) But Scott stops him. (laughs) Carpet muncher? (coughs) Well, carpet muncher means something different where I come from. And like I say, uh, Steiner trying to beat down Conan, but Conan, quite big built in himself, now rocking Steiner with a big right hand to the corner. Oh, but an inverted atomic drop, but doesn't sell it at all. Oh, no, Conan there in control We're here. Tony, that's going to be their world champion, Mick Foley, eh? Telling everybody that that's happening. It's pre-taped. We'll come back to that instant at the end of the show. But yeah, uh, honestly, unbelievable, especially during the, the Steiner-Conan match. That means so much. Indeed, yes, and there's been a... A lot of interference from Buff Bagwell. Well, Buff just can't stop. <laughs> Buff, Buff can't stop himself from getting involved. It's one of those annoying things as well. Seems like the referees were almost blind in this kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? The amount of outside interference that is going on. So, do you not agree with a man who wears an Axl Rose esque, really tall top hat with his face painted on the top? Do you not like that? <laughs> Buff, Bag- Buff Bag- No, I don't. I mean, Buff Bagwell, after he gave up wrestling, went back to being a male strip. I think he found his level there. Fair enough. Well, Carpet Muncher is obviously Conan's favourite finisher, so Buff took on from there. And Steiner giving everybody mouth. I mean, Steiner's attitude was what brought him to the dance, really. He does look different as well. I mean, is he the biggest built guy we've seen tonight, Dan? He really is. I mean, I think he's he's much bigger than Hogan now. I mean, we can't... Definitely, yeah. You know, um... Going back to my favourite of WrestleMania 9, you can see the complete difference in the two. And now, you know, look at him. 
He's turned into Freakzilla. Yeah, I mean, it's got, I mean, buff back, well, to be fair. He's quite buff. Yeah, he's, he's not got a bad body. But yeah, Stein, I think, is uh, the most impressive physique as he hits the belly to belly on Conan, but doesn't go for the pin. He's teaming up with Buff Bagwell at the moment. Or just, you know, taking it easy. It's only Conan, isn't it, you know? It is only Conan, yes. Steiner now hanging Conan up in the corner. Belly to belly from up top. No, Conan manages to fight out. Steiner runs into the double feet. Oh, that was a terrible Tornado DDT. Oh, I think that's the shittiest Tornado DDT that I have seen. I mean, yeah, Conan now in the advantage, maybe. Double feet to the face. And he... Just completely beats down on Steiner. Well, this is a bit of a clusterfuck. Oh, no, Conan went for the clothesline. Oh, that's what the carpet muncher is. I mean, completely fucked up by looks things, but... It does, yes. There you go. And now what's Conan going for now? What's this move oh, called? Oh, he's going for the tequila sunrise, I believe. And Buff Bagwell in, and this match ends in a DQ. Yes, that was a brilliant... I'm sorry, I've got to read... Well, a shit disqualification finished there, and now Scott Steiner's got the Steiner recliner on. Conan, the match. I think he lost the war there. Scott Steiner's not finished yet. Here comes the NWA referee. Scott Steiner with a chair. I guess this is what you call an NWA beatdown, then. It is indeed, yes. Beating him with the chair and posing, I mean. Conan's fucked up and his friends ain't out here to help him. But this is classic WWE, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. Screwy finishes. Yeah, just massive beatdowns. Like you see, two and one there. The NWO were synonymous with the amount of times they just beat down people with no one coming to help, didn't they? You know, two and one attack, three and one attack. Yeah. <coughs> just that kind of group mentality, that kind of gang-like. And uh, it needed to change in WCW. You know, like you say, people were out there to help. Yeah, they but you could out. be watching Raw and the miscarriage. So, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, it's... The lesser of two evils, shall we say? Yeah, I suppose so. Bring me back the abortion. No. <laughs> I want to see a live abortion on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Nitro. Maybe that's what's next for Liz. She says, like, you know, Goldberg's going to Goldberg raped me and I'm going to keep the baby <laughs> and it's going to be a wrestler. Yeah, and then Goldberg spears the baby, pins it. This baby beat the street. There we go. <laughs> We've made money. Uh, up next, Dan, what is it? It is Raph. Versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, two big guys and Raph, like you say, feuded with Glacier the past couple of years. But no, it is Raph. He's making his way down to a ring. He's got an unknown opponent as of yet. Oh, so we don't know if it is Bam Bam Bigelow or not. We cannot confirm or deny. But yeah, Raph coming out. Big man. Big man he is. Hey, big fella. Used to be Adam Bomb, but switched allegiances. Another guy maybe gone underneath the radar a little bit. He went the wrong way at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Raph grabs the microphone. Go on, grab it, you big cunt. Go on, dare you. So, Raph's got the mic. What's he got to say? For the last six months, I've been plowing through competition like Sable plows through wrestlers. Um, like the competition, like a f- runaway freight train. I've been plowing through the competition like a runaway freight train. <laughs> I know you people paid your money to see Raph drop the thermonuclear meltdown. The what? The thermonuclear meltdown. It well, is a fucking melt. <laughs> it is a meltdown. And uh, then he challenges anybody from the back who wants to be a man. And, I mean... Who's going to be a man? Who, woo! Well, to be the man, maybe Goldberg. 
Maybe. <laughs> I don't think we're getting Goldberg tonight. Maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin. Maybe he's made what? we switch across. Anything could happen. To face the wrath of wrath. Could be a wrath recently. Went on an undefeated streak as well. It was Kevin Nash that stopped that. Ooh. <gasps> oh, my word. The Mastodon. No, that is not that man. It is Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, the beast from the east. Bam Bam Bigelow's coming out here with a mean look on his face. Recently arrived in WCW, got involved in the main event scene straight away with Nash and Goldberg, and then kind of just went back to like mid-card kind of wrestling in WCW. He did, yeah. And fucking hell, look at these two big men. Big men. Oh, and they're going nose-to-nose now. Well, Bam Bam's got the uh, girth, shall we say, but raftage. And the muscle definition advantage, if that's an advantage. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, the, that's the advantage you got over me, I suppose. But the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object and neither man given an inch. Big clothes on there from Raph. It is. But Bigelow pulls down a top rope and Raph goes to the floor. Oh, and Bischoff actually finally starts to talk and he starts trash-talking Goldberg. Doesn't know what he's fucking talking about, the stupid no-talent cunt. Maybe Bischoff's had a go about the coat he's wearing, Dan. Maybe he's well, maybe, maybe, shouldn't be maybe like... Goldberg's going to come and have a go about your face, James. <laughs> How's about that? All right, all right. Calm down. Don't fucking trash-talk Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> well, Ralph is uh, trying to come back with knees to the gut. And the crowd goes mild. <laughs> But Bigelow again takes it to Raph in the ring. Good Bigelow. Well. And again, it is, is your interesting match is starting to wane a bit. I mean, Scott Steiner versus Conan. I mean, it wasn't all that great, was it? It wasn't much of a match. But <coughs> it really wasn't much of a match, was it? And again, with these two men, I think you just summed it up right. I think the these wrestlers are kind of taking the wrong turn. They've gone to WCW at this point. And they're kind of on the downward curve, and these other guys are seeing this. Or maybe WWE are thinking, so like, I'm releasing them, and they're thinking, well, I ain't got much option left. I might as well jump ship before my contract runs out, so I'm worth something. Well, exactly. Do you think how much money they saved paying the, like Bret Hart what he wanted, uh, rather than that, and bringing up people like Triple H or The Rock? I mean, they could have been on that much money, considering, do you know what I mean? And then working your way through them. Even Mankind could only be on, like, he wouldn't be paid main event level salary at the moment, yeah. would he? You know, someone like Bam Bam Bigelow. <coughs> someone like Bam Bam Bigelow is probably on the same wage as Mankind at the moment, but it's about what you do, you know? Yeah. And Bam Bam's taken over and Ralph on the outside. Yes, and the crowd are sitting on their hands. I mean, it looked like they're witnessing an abortion taking place. Well, or a miscarriage take place. A miscarriage of justice here for Bam Bam Bigelow if he loses. But I think the thing is, Nitro said it's live as well, and with three hours to fill, you know, they're, they're putting this match in. These two big fellas brawling on the outside of the ring. I mean, a bit back and forth between the two. Wrestling quality-wise, what do you think? It's It kind of reminds me of WWF Circa 95, that kind of plodding style that they've got. It's not really exciting that you want, is it? You know, Especially going up against like the, the hardcore title match that was on Raw. You're going to have it one way, aren't you? you know, I'm surprised if not. The, the first couple of matches of the... Second hour, really good, weren't they? And I thought they'd keep they was, up. Yeah. I thought they keep up the pace for that. Kind of lacked a little bit of edge. These haven't they? Really? No, they've kind of kept. You know, they've got you in. You know, they've started you off, and they've got you in with the first hour that they was competing with Raw, 
and now they've kind of started to take their foot off the gas again as we're into the third hour. Yeah, they're kind of cocky saying, oh, we're live anyway, you know, people want to watch our main event, you know. Um, but at the moment, it's, there's no, like, there's no story to this, is there? There's no, there's no reason why these two men are fighting. As Bam Bam brings his chair in the ring, he's going to use it on Ruff, is he? But Ruff manages to backdrop Bam Bam and sends him over the top rope and eliminates them both from the rumble. <laughs> both man out on the outside now. Yeah, and, and will Bam Bam feel uh, this one? <laughs> no, uh, sorry, my bad. On the outside, Bam Bam's got the chair now. Oh, Raph ducks it. Bam Bam goes falling into the stairs. Oh. Ref gets taken out in a shuffle. Oh, Bam Bam there, viciously pushing the referee away and Raph and him. Ralph and Bam Bam still brawling. Is that a bell I hear, Dan? That is a bell, yes. And I presume it's going to be a no contest. Oh, Both I... men getting counted out. Uh, ref bump. What else do you want? I... Out of control. I have no idea. And they brawl, they brawl back to the dressing room. I guess it's like a hardcore title match if we didn't see it when they went backstage. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like... Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, Bam Bam Ralph. What did you think of that match, Dan? It was awful, wasn't it? <laughs> no. it, was, it was slow it was you know two complete I think they're two similar style wrestlers both quite big fellas both hard hitting smash mouth style wrestling and they both clashed terribly yeah and again it's another thing you said of not putting the right matches together even if they're just you know single matches as they were with no feud in them you'd make a better match up wouldn't you you just wouldn't put two big guys but the fun still continues and backstage we see the detectives continue to talk to Miss Liz. Yeah, this time, Liz says she was at the Coke machine and the detectives catch Liz in her lies. Yeah, detectives say that perjury is a serious crime and falsifying reports is a serious crime. Liz is going to get charged. Liz starts to change her sorry and she says she feels sorry she feels that she's cost Bill Goldberg his title shot and apologises for wasting their time. Yeah, so she keeps changing the story. She got caught out. You caught her out earlier, Detective Dan. That's yeah. You did. We, we found this out earlier. And again, in women in wrestling a couple of weeks ago, you can never trust them. You know what I mean? Never trust them. No. Uh, and speaking of which, Nitro girls. <laughs> ah, now, these girls you can trust. You need, you, these girls won't break your heart. And is that former Falcons head coach Jerry Glanville I see in the crowd, Dan? That is very observant of you, James. You did see him, yes. I am a huge fan of whatever sport the Falcons play in. So, yeah, that's what I recognise him for. Atlanta Falcons are an American football team. Exactly, American football team. Um, all right, so what do you think of the whole Goldberg uh, thing that we've seen so far with Liz Lyon? Have you thought much of the uh, the it's angle? complete bullshit, really, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not been a good... The, the Michaels angle on Raw compared to this... I mean, it's like nine. What do you think is more of a car crash, right, and a a, a miscarriage angle where someone falls clumsily off some steps, or a complete idiot getting a stories muddled up and deliberately wasting police time? I think the miscarriage is worse, but that's not. It's not China getting a miscarriage of Vincent Mann's baby, is it? Do you know what I mean? These are main event players. You know, Goldberg's been involved in making look like a bit of an idiot. So is Liz. And as opposed to the Terry Reynolds thing, it's forgotten about. You know, the Shawn Michaels angle being through, thrown through the, the car by the corporation made sense because, you know, they, he, Michaels in Bass Corporation, that's what happened. Whereas here it's Goldberg. We don't know who it is, if it's Nash, if it's Hogan, whatever the story. But see Goldberg wrestle and we're not getting given a chance to. 
We are not, no. Uh, it's, you, know. you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we will have a main event match in Nash and Hogan. So, you know, all is not lost. Yeah, exactly. And this being live as well, anything could happen on Monday Nitro. But yeah, famous singer Dan, we come back after the Nitro Girls. And what match is this? Uh, well, it is match nine of the night. And it is a famous singer in Brian Adams with Vincent, formerly known as Virgil. And uh, yeah, we all know why Virgil slash Vincent is so named, you know, in homage to his former head or, you know, his opposing head, should we say? Yes, yes, Vincent Mann. And uh, in 1999, Vincent said, should he change his name to Shane? Because that would make more sense. So uh, that's, that's honestly a true story as well. He didn't, <laughs> didn't know how to do that. But Brian Adams, we might know him better as... And again, you know, these uh, members of the NWO black and white. So, a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Crush for a second. Crush. Crush, a part of the um, WWF in the early 90s. If you do a match, a man, Randy Savage, had a, a match with him at WrestleMania 10. Used to use the heart punch as well. A big Hawaiian dude, used to be quite a cool surfer, turned dark. Teamed, did, uh, yeah. He was part of the Hills uh, of Apocalypse as well. With a biker gang. The WWF thought at the time in 97 that they had to rival the NWO kind of gang. So they made their own. You know, Los Bariquas and all that. All the famous ones that we talk about to this day. Los Bariquas, DOA, and of course, you know, Ty and Ty. Yes, all the legends and famous Yeah, places. but Brian Adams. Brian Adams, big man. Big man. Baby uh, come over. Yeah, part of the black and white. And I mean, what we've seen. Scott Steiner, Buff Bagwell. Brian Adams, Vincent. Uh, Horace Hogan, that's the black and white members at the moment. Yes. <laughs> Do you think they should just get rid of they should have just got rid of the NWO black and white? As soon as like Hogan left, he'd just be like, Yeah, there's no point anymore, is there? But you know, any idiot could put on an NWO T shirt as we see Eric Bischoff. Yeah. <laughs> with Bobby the Brain Heenan and uh, Tony Schiavone. Uh, I like Bobby. I mean, Eric Bischoff's not really been much of a commentator at the moment. We saw Larry Zabisco for the first hour. Shivani and Heenan, I don't know what your thoughts on them are. I like Heenan. He's a brilliant character and Shivani as well. You know, he's cool as it is. Yeah, apart from when he's having to go Mick Foley, you fat fucking prick. Yeah, I'm not too keen on that bit. Yeah, so the NWO music brings out Brian Adams and Vincent. And who will be facing, Dan? He'll be facing one of... The RKO Masters in Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, and if it wasn't for the Diamond Cutter, Randy Orton wouldn't have the RKO. Shut up. Shut your dirty horse. Rang DDP and said, is it right if I use the the Diamond Cutter as my finisher? And he said, as long as you call it the RKO. Uh, DDP just said, look, as long as you do it right. And Randy Orton has taken that on, hasn't he? But Diamond Cutter versus the RKO, who are you going for? RKO. Why? Because it happens out of nowhere. So Diamond Cutter can put in so many different variations. So So can the RKO. Fine. So, DDP at this time, Dan, were you a fan? Yeah, I like DDP. You know, he's a good wrestler. He, you know, he started his career quite a lot later, you know, and I, I don't think he's done him bad, you know. He's he's always been a fan favourite and I've always liked him, yeah. He's one of the few WCW guys, superstars, that never joined the NWO at any point in their life. They never became, you know, part of that uh stable and DDP was a big superstar on WSW. I mean I didn't know a lot about him. He came over when he was uh, stalking the Undertaker's wife. Of course at the time he was going out of Kimberley which didn't make much sense but Diamond Cutter at D- Dallas Page very much the people's champion of WSW Dan. Yeah definitely I'd like to say that. Yeah. 
Yes, indeed. And, you know, he's he's now he's saving lives with his DDP yoga. I mean, a lot of wrestlers have thanked him for that. So we see DDP going through the fans. And if he hits a dumber cut tonight, it is all over because you will feel a bang, 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 quit it. So by my calculations down on this supercomputer I've got in front of me. Yes. This is the last match before our main events. Um, yes, I believe it is. What have you thought of Nitro so far this hour, Dan? It's been a bit down. It's been a bit terrible, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not really gripped me. If if I was torn between the two, I would be watching more right now. Yeah, that, that's definitely... I mean, we had Ralph Bam Bam. Um, what else did we have? Oh, yeah, who could forget the Scott Steiner Conan classic that we just exactly, watched as well? that was a brilliant... Oh, they were NWO as well. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. so we've, we've seen quite a few. Bagwell. Bagwell, Buff, Brian Adams, Vincent, Horace Hogan. It's a stable to be scared of, really. <laughs> Indeed. And Scott Steiner, the WCW TV champion, representing NWO as a TV champion. <laughs> but yeah. this match, it started off DDP and Brian Adams. What's your expectations for this match, Dan? Um, I don't know. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of interference by Vincent. Keep your eyes on him. And hopefully DDP can dodge it and hit the DC out of nowhere. And Brian Adams is taken over on Paige. The big punches and the slaps. Big man. Do you know that also, Diamond Dallas Page, Diamond Cutter, RKO, Randy. Yeah, RKO. The, the names. Have you said yeah. name in their finisher? Is that a Stone Cold Stunner? I know, but that, I'll just call that a Stunner. <laughs> Rock bottom. <laughs> The bookend. <laughs> the bookend. They're not there many. Triple H's pedigree. Oh, and Brian Adams has gone to the outside to get some help from Vincent. Oh, yeah. Steiner McCliner. Anything Steiner does. Frankenstein. <laughs> Steiner. Scissors. Steiner Hurricane. Oh, and Paige vaulted out the ring there on top of Adams and Vincent and, oh, took him out. Oh, but like you said, Dan, how can a referee not see that? Randy Anderson, you may be back, but come on, make the right to call here. Yeah, no, he's been <laughs> struck off because of cancer. <laughs> Hired back at twice away. And yet he can't see when Vincent has got hold of Paige's legs. Adams with a shitty pile driver for two in a minute we've got to look forward to. So, like with the NWA, would you see, could you see like loads of different random members joining DX and... No, you, yeah, they, you know it's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? You know, it starts off as a great stable, and then I think DX did well not to add any more members. Came of part of like the corporate team, you know what I mean, or other teams, yeah. but they always kept to themselves. But the NWO, they did ruin it when they had that three-man group. They could have just disbanded it there, and you could add the Wolfpack away from the NWO. Do you know what I mean? And then. But they just didn't. They carried on. It was just awful. You know, you had so many members. like From the darkness of the NWO, black and white, shone the Wolfpack. Yeah, but even the, like the Wolfpack, yeah, I understand that. But you shouldn't have had black and white at the same time. You shouldn't have Vincent, you know, he, he should be fair. Do you know what I mean? It seems WCW were desperate just to sign any ex-WWE talent. You know, it's like, oh, you've wrestled for WWF. Let us sign you, you know. Even people like Jim Duggan were fucking employed with him at the moment. Marty Jannetty, you know. And that is the James half of our partnership. You are the Marty Gennetti to my Sean Michaels. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paige just hits the uh, net breaker on Adams. He's going to go for the diamond cut, but Adams pushes him off. Oh, there's only so many times you can get out of the diamond cut before 
It hits you. It is, and pays her the punches. But Adams behind the referee's back. Was that a low blow and dropping him on the top turn buckle? Oh, that was nasty of Adams. He looks a fat fucker, doesn't he? he? He doesn't look toned, I think would be the right word. And now he's got Paige up. Oh, really botched pause right Well, we have seen some horrible moves here tonight. And Paige kicks out. Uh. But another, another fucking mess up from Nitro. But I do like the ring. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I do like the WWE Nitro. Do you think it's not a bit big, though? No, nah, it's cool. I like that. I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit smaller, but still. Well, then if the ring was a bit bigger, it probably would look smaller. Yeah. <laughs> and Brian Adams now got Paige up in, in a bear hug and, and he's just ragging him down and I don't think Paige can fight out of this. What we'll do next time, if we do this again, if it's a success, we'll go back to WSW in like 97 when that was the really shit show and go against Raw and see which one. Do you know what I mean? We'll do it from different time scales. We'll go to 2001 and watch a Raw versus Nitro. <laughs> 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 <Holy shit. laughs> pa- times. And I think a pay-per-view versus pay-per-view would be better as well. So, but then again, it will be longer. And Brian Adams hits a tilt a well backbreaker on Paige and he's got him down. Oh, but he only gets the two. Two. And what can Paige do from this position? Oh, my <laughs> God's counted into a DDT. How did you know that? <laughs> I see it coming. Oh, yeah. Paige hits a desperation DDT on Adams then. Both men down. And now Paige is back up. Hulking up, is he? Oh, blocks the punches. And hits the uh, turning clothesline that is patented. But Adams still stopping him. Oh, Paige started atomic drop. Oh, Paige is in big trouble now. Oh, Brian Adams in the corner with chops. I'm going to stop calling it Brian Adams now. Big man with chops in the corner. And Adams, Irish whip. Oh, big elbow though by Paige. Vincent tries grabbing him, but he gets a punch to the head. Oh, a tornado RKO. Diamond cut. Diamond cut. Diamond cut. And look at the reaction they got from the fans as well. Boom, self high five. Popular finish and uh, uh, popular winner there, DDP. Best bit in the match was Diamond Cutter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it was as well. Yeah, I mean, not much could be said. Uh, we are fast approaching now, though, the main events of each show. So what we're going to do, because Raw is pre-recorded, obviously we'll watch that first, and then we'll see what WCW can do to fight back from it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We'll see what WCW Because they're live, of course. Can they have a better main event than WWF Raw? We found find out. But what have you thought of Night trying Raw up to these points, Dan? Up to the main events. What uh, have you enjoyed more? What's, what, what have you enjoyed more at Night Train Raw? Uh, Raw. <laughs> Even though it had the miscarriage angle, I think it's been a lot more enjoyable with the wrestling quality. Yeah, I mean, it's not been a good uh, third hour so far for WCW, has it? No, definitely not. I think there's far too much going on on Raw. Yeah, I mean, we've had so many interferences, so many DQ finishes. Let's hope the main event can pull them through. But we are off to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> So it is main event time. We're going to ignore Tony Schiavone's comments about everything and we're going to switch back to Raw and watch this uh, mammoth match to kick off the new year. You know, WF title on the line and the WF title. I mean, we talk about championships quickly. What means more, WCW title or the WF title at this point? Well, until it was a WCW title, but now it's a WWF title. 
Well, I, I would agree with you. WCW's done a lot of damage to its uh, championship. I think WF title still remains intact. You know, you've got Steve Austin wanting it. Mankind wants it. You know, the Rock is champion as well. Looks uh, quite uh, rosy in the future, does. And we see Mankind coming out here. And it looks like DX are coming out to lend him a hand as well. We saw it after the Shawn Michaels. I'm sure they don't want Mankind to be attacked like this. And the whole, you know, New Age Outlaws, X-Pac, Road Dog, China... We've seen all of them tonight, haven't we, in action, apart from, um, well, Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn, next fucking China. <laughs> it's still good going, and the uh, corporate champion of Rock coming out, and this is full of Rock really became the Rock, wasn't it? You know, he had this certain mannerisms, but he was a heel. Did you see potential with him as being, like, the how big he was or how big he became? Yeah, definitely. You know, it is in somewhat early rendition of what Seth Rollins, you know, what Randy Orton went through what a majority of the great hills have gone through. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, rock, the Rock has got it all, hasn't he? You know, third generation superstar now, part of the corporate team. The reason he's wearing his tracksuit is because he said earlier to McMahon, he didn't bring any gear with him, so he has to wrestle like this now. But of course, yeah, the real reason? The uh, real reason was because he had surgery on his um, nipple. nipple and he had to get the clothes to cover it. But uh, yeah, WF title on the line, like we said tonight. It's, I mean, Raw versus Nitro, what's been a... Well, it's been a better show so far. We talked about it a little bit. How do you, have you thought of Raw as a show? We talked about Raw. Um, I thought Raw's it's been good. You know, There's, it's not really skipped a beat. I think. No, I think it's been alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Raw's been alright. Raw's been alright. Yeah, Nitro's lagged a little bit. Do you think that helps Raw because it is a two-hour show compared to a three? Yeah, definitely. You know, they can filter out a majority of the crap and just focus. It's been like one continuous story throughout the whole episode, really, hasn't yeah, it? It's not been flip-flopping between three or four different stories, rivalries and silly things like that. Yeah, like I say, we've seen Test in action, we've seen uh, some of the DX guys, and that's Shoutman being referee, of course, as well, you know. And the corporate team have come out with The Rock, you know, Shamrock, Boss Man, McMahon, Test, and, and Rock say, no, you don't need to beat him up, Shamrock, I'll do it for you. So it is kind of, in some essence, like a lumberjack match. Yeah, it looks that way at the moment. As the Rock of Mankind goes to the outside, and you see Mankind, he's got ripped clothes and everything like this, his shirt. It's because he went through the crowd, and the fans started grabbing at him. So, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> um, you know, Mick Foley doesn't like to waste a shirt either. No, exactly, yeah. But he's waiting away on the Rock. And at the moment, these two men have faced off, like I say, at Rock Bottom at Survivor Series as well. So this feud is well and truly right in the middle of it, really. Could Mankind get the job done tonight? Well, can he finally capture the heavyweight championship? Exactly. Can the dream come true for Mick Foley's baby boy? Not like that, it won't. <laughs> Mick Foley's baby boy? Don't mean Mrs Foley's Mrs. baby Sorry, boy. Mrs Foley's baby boy. Can Tony Schiavone actually be right? I mean, you know, he did call that he'd be in the main event. He, he did say that. Uh, but The Rock, if he has his way, he just sends Mick Foley flying over the stairs. He doesn't lose the title here tonight. I guess it's no, well, it's no disqualification as well. Mankind made it so... Might come back to haunt him. Fucking hell. And Rock just dropping the steps onto Foley's back. Mankind's back. And then he sets the stairs up on Mankind, uses the other set to throw him down on him. You know, like I say, the punishment Mankind could take. <laughs> well, the first one won't get you, the second one definitely will. And this feud was all about bringing the Rock's vicious side out as well. Could he hang with Austin in the main event? Mankind was there to help him. I mean, Mankind is a great punching bag, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely... Probably the best punchy bag you can have. I mean, everyone's taken out frustration on him at one time or another, I'm sure. And Triple H said as well, you know, he wants to be champion. He would uh, beat 
Mankind later on in the year as well. Uh, no, I was just going to say that during that suplex spotted the rock wearing rock trunks. Yeah, so, so, you know, <laughs> not yeah. got his equipment. Yeah, he's got his gear on. He's going commentary now as well. He's asking Mankind if he's thirsty. <laughs> oh, but Mankind responds with a big right hand and knocking the water out of the rock's mouth. Well, rock squirts all over the king as they jump across the announce table now. <laughs> king is very much the corporate commentator at the moment. <laughs> Most definitely, <laughs> yeah. Help him, quick! This is a wild brawl at the moment. And I found his turn on commentary. <laughs> the kid's showing a lot of testicular fortitude and then the rock literally rings <laughs> Mankind's bell. Bells will be ringing. Yeah, the rock. Then uh, he's got the cable, he's choking Mankind as well. Certainly ringing in the new year. <laughs> hey! Oh, and uh, Mankind's biggest fan there goes to meet him. <laughs> Well, having the referee, we should note the WF referee as well. We've seen Teddy Long earlier. Called Shirt Stealer, Mike Yoda as well. And The Rock got Foley, uh, got Mankind set up on the announce table. Oh. Rock bottoms him through it. <laughs> well, Shane and Vince looking off thinking, oh my God. Jesus Christ. And yeah, he didn't even bother taking the monitors out or the top off. He just went straight through it. <laughs> That's what Mankind's all about. The Rock saying, I don't care. Mankind's like, I care even less. Yeah. <laughs> The pencils has gone everywhere. What's everybody going to do? Hope one of them's not gone up Foley's ass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not a toothless of pencil. And the Rock bringing Mankind into the ring and just going to get the pinfall now. I'm so glad we can go back and watch it as well. This is classic Archidera, you know, Young Rock versus Mankind. Corporate champion versus the people's champion as well. Mankind. Corporate champion is the people's champion. Well, I think Mankind's taking on that mantle at the moment, you know, kind of baby face. The fans are behind him. Oh, and The Rock with a close two count there. Two. And Mankind knows the title's on the line. It's his only chance at it. Oh, look at Shane choking Mankind. What have you thought of Michael Cole and the King on commentary today? Yeah, they've been great. You know, they've been on par. It's good to see an early troll. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the King on par as usual. Um, I think the King's really good in this era, you know, especially playing up the hill as he is. I mean, yeah, he does go a bit crazy for puppies, but I still like the king. It's interesting as well, Beyond the Map documentary, uh, behind the scenes, Michael Cole's on commentary, and JR is backstage, actually giving him notes and telling him what to say as well. So JR was still a part of the commentary team, even though he wasn't, you know, out in front as it was. And Mankind exploding out the corner there onto the rock. We can see a comeback from Mick Foley. Mankind tries to Irish whip the rock, but rock reverses. Now back elbow, and a suplex, and I think it's time... Setting them up for the most electrifying move in sports entertainment today. Yeah, people's elbow. <laughs> oh, Boom. Straight to the heart of uh, of mankind. And that's it now, surely. Oh, no. Don't call me Shirley and he kicks out at two. Uh-huh. Two. And fair play, mankind. So much heart there, isn't he? So much guts and determination. So much testicular fortitude. There's a rock can't keep him down. And mankind spinning net breaker. And now both men down. Can Mankind take advantage of this? Oh, Mankind distracted by Boss Man and the title gets slid in. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Rock throws it back to the Boss Man, catches perfectly, and that's over and done with. Oh. Ah, but a kick out from Foley. <laughs> a, a kick out from Mankind. Ah. And Mankind's still in it, goddammit. Maybe the mask helped him. The Rock's still got the title. Oh, goes for a second attempt, but... Mankind ducks it. Oh! Double underhook DDT. 
Dirty Deeds, if you will. Yeah, well, Mankind hits it. On the title. Come on, now, count. Two. Oh. You see the Rock's eyes then, looking at the referee. <laughs> and he's like, most definitely, yeah. The Rock would get better. He's still young. He's only three years into his, his career at the moment, you know. He is and already had the heavyweight championship thrust upon him. Exactly. And talk about being thrust upon him. Mankind's got Socko. He's not going to win a title like this, is he? Socko time. Oh. oh, locks in the mandible claw. <laughs> He's got it. That stinking sock. Oh, no. Shamrock's in the ring. Oh. Chair shot across the back of Mankind, but Billy Gunning to save the day. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is going to start something. It's all going to kick off now. And it is. And all the DX and corporate members fighting. What is this? And the biggest pop of the night. And Steve Austin's music hits. Here comes Stone Cold. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. DX and the corporate fighting at ringside. Picks up a chair, takes out Rocky. Austin puts Mankind on the rock. One, two, three. (laughs) And new heavyweight champion, Mankind. Well, I say, the dream has come true for Mrs. Foley's baby boy. And Austin gets the last laugh. Two feet, two... (laughs) Tell the McMahon what he thinks of him. Look at McMahon. <laughs> McMahon is livid. <laughs> and what a moment we have here. Look at the fans going absolutely crazy. Mankind is ecstatic. And so are DX. Fair play. They've well, got one over on the corporation. Stone Cold's got one over on the corporation. And Mankind's got the title. I mean, three-time losers, I think. Exactly. The man who got told by McMahon early at night, you'll never accomplish anything. Is now the WWF champion, the champion of the world. And look at my man in Austin. They're going to have unbelievable business to finish at the Royal Rumble. Look at the Rock, can't believe it either. Unbelievable scenes here. Mrs. Foley's baby boy. And look at DX celebrating with Mick Foley as well. well WWF champion. Now, who would have thunk it? Well, look at Mr. McMahon. He can't believe it. And, and I'll tell you something. DX look genuinely happy. They do, don't they? They're actually happy that he's won the title and he's one of those guys. And like I say, mid-card in WCW, being mocked by um, Tony Schiavone tonight and he's in top of the mountain. And I can't believe it, but Mr. Socko is uh, champion, WWE champion. He is indeed, yes. And yeah, you know, it's his dream come true. But what a great raw moment. I mean, what, what did you think of the match? I thought it was quite a good match, to be honest. You know, it was... There was a bit of outside interference towards the end, but, you know, what more could you expect from a no-DQ match? Um, And the Austin pop at the end, brilliant. You know, to come out and cost the Rock the title, that's setting up the future for them too. Yeah. Brilliant. Most definitely, you know, like you said as well, setting up the the future there. But what what a moment in time it was, you know, Austin coming out, the reaction, I've not seen a crowd, you know, it's one of the biggest pops of all time. And then they even cheered it more when Mankind got the victory. So it didn't take away from Mankind, did it? You know, it was it was one of those moments, honestly, that defies pro wrestling history. And you know, Mankind has done it. Mankind and DX are celebrating in the ring. Mankind has the mic and tells him that he feels pretty darn good. <laughs> and Shane screams like a bitch. Vince assures The Rock that he will get his title back and I will never forget this. <laughs> I will never forget this. That's a great man. And Mankind dedicates the win to his kids, 
and yells, his daddy did it and runs around the ring. Yo, daddy did it! Yeah, Your fair, daddy did it! Fair play, and what a way to end Raw, and what a great Raw that was, and what a great main event was it done. It was a great main event indeed, yes, and brilliant. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about both shows compared at the end, but can WCW match that main event? I mean, they're going to have to go a hell of a way to do it, but they've built it up as much. You know, it is um, Kevin Nash versus Hulk Hogan. Yes, um, uh, indeed, and... You know, it has a match of legendary proportions. The immortal <laughs> one going against one of the great ones. Exactly. Big Sexy versus, like you say, Hulk Hogan. Downtown Goldberg is banging his head against the wall. The good cop, his friend, tells Goldberg that Liz admitted her lies and that he's free to go. The cops uncuff Goldberg and he tells them... Take him to the dome. So Goldberg is on his way to the Georgia Dome and he's going to sort out. He's going to go beat up Liz. With that wine coat on, he's going to go there and go, like, look at this. <laughs> but no, Goldberg is free to go and he's on the way to the dome. Does that excite you, Dan, that Goldberg may be here before Nitro ends? We go to an ad break. Scary. It is. I want to see Goldberg. We've seen Steve Austin now. He's on only Raw. got two policemen with him as well, so the other people best beware. Well, we see Steve Austin and Raw and what he done. Can Goldberg change the complexion of this match, maybe, that we're just about to see? Well, the bull headed goatee man, I mean, he was missing most of the pay per view, and yet he's going to turn up at the end to determine <laughs> the result. Can Goldberg do the same thing tonight? Exactly, and uh, we see Michael Buffer is in the ring to do instructions. He always does the main event matches on pay-per-view, and he's been drawn in to do a few nitros to make it feel a little bit bigger. But you like Michael Buffer, don't you, Dan? Yeah, you think, right. you think he adds something to it as yeah. opposed to, like... Um, uh, well, he adds something to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a certain way he does it. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do like Howard Finkel, but, you know... <laughs> I think no, Howard events. Finkel is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Howard Finkel is immense, but, you know, as far as voices go, Buffer has a brilliant one. He does, but are you ready, Dan? Well, 40,000 people here, so more people watching Nitro tonight than Raw, and we are live as well. And Michael Buffer introduces with the fireworks going off. Hoke Hogan, and he's no longer leader of the black and white, is he? He is not, no, but he is escorted by the leader of the NWO black and white. Yeah, Scott Steiner coming out with Hogan, and, um, well, this is his retirement match. You said earlier, so I guess you'll have no connection to Steiner after this, but... Hogan's last match, Dan. Who'd have funk it, eh? Exactly, yeah. You know, it's, he's had a legendary career. And I don't know why he's going for the heavyweight championship. But any roads. Um, yeah, you know, Hogan coming out to his voodoo child music. Yeah, and he's not really wearing wrestling attire, is he? <laughs> he isn't, no. It looks like he's uh, he wasn't prepared for a fight. No, a bit like the rock earlier, you know, become unprepared. Because he had nipple surgery. Hogan's <laughs> no, just getting on a little bit, I think. Uh, we'll see how long the match goes, but yeah, wearing the jeans and the, the tight t-shirt. I mean, he does look buff, though, doesn't he, Hogan? He does look in very good shape, to be fair. Considering he's like 70, I mean, that's not bad for him. He is, yeah, he, he is knocking on 80's door. <laughs> but we see the, the crowd signs and a lot of Goldberg. We'll be disappointed not to see Bill Goldberg tonight. Well, they might get to see him later on, you know, if he makes it in time. But like we say, WSW have to go somewhat to uh, beat the WF, pay for, uh, the WF main event. we just seen one of the greatest of all time. Let's see what WSW can do. I mean, Kevin Ash 
coming out as world heavyweight champion. Thoughts on Big Sexy as world champ, Dan? Uh, well, he managed to be a great champion in WWF when he was there. And Nash comes out Han style. Ha- what? What's Han style? Solo. Oh! And he does. It's world heavyweight champion. The fireworks going off. Look more pyro on uh, Nitro than it is on Raw, isn't it? That's what I'm wondering. They, they have got the fireworks there, <laughs> yes. Not enough. More. We need more. <laughs> and Nash locks onto Hogan's gauge, uh, gaze, points at him and, well, you know, he, he looks set to fight. He does. You're next. And, of course, this big man beat Goldberg. Oh. All right, a minute. Nash is not coming alone then, I guess. Scott Hall. Scott Hall. Scott Hall. Yes, Scott Hall, Wolfpack member of the Outsiders. Well, Scott Hall has come out here and, yeah, the, the Outsiders are back. And my word, I mean, Scott Hall helped. Look at the fireworks going off again, more fireworks. Yeah, Goldberg's fireworks. <laughs> fireworks for a hug. And Scott Hall, Kevin Nash together, one of the most dominating sites. And the original NWO going to fight tonight, really, isn't it? You know, you've got Hogan Nash with Scott Hall at ringside. They are indeed, yeah. And uh, look at Hogan. Hogan's not happy with this, is he? He's not indeed. I think, you know, he didn't expect Kevin Nash to come with too much of a fight for his retirement match, I suppose. Well, Big Sexy coming out with the bag. I don't think he's been allowed to call the bad guy anymore, is he? The <laughs> good guy? Yeah. Got all Kevin Nash, eh? Outsiders. Part of the WNR 15. They are indeed, yes. There we go. I mean, the setting is more grand. It's a more grander setting on Nitro. You know, arguably bigger stars. We'll see if they can deliver in the ring. Yeah. It's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's a World Heavyweight title on the line. WWE's most prestigious championship. We just seen the WF title. Uh, Mankind winning it in a fantastic match, in a fantastic way. What can WSW do, eh? It is indeed the battle of the main events. Which one's more anticipated? I mean, I wouldn't have expected much from The Rock versus Mankind. It was made on the show, wasn't it? I mean, this one... Don't like say people have been dreaming on this for for a year or so, you know, seeing Hogan and Nash finally clash. And as Hogan just goes through the rings, taking his time and pointing at Nash, saying, I'm going to break you. Here we go, bell rings, Dan. I'm going to break you. Oh. Billy Silverman's referee, of course. Nash mocking Hogan, ripping his shirt off. Uh, we're live, so anything can go. We're here till it ends. I hope Goldberg makes it in time. I, I do. He turns that. up and the whole arena's empty and he's like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a blockbuster. This is going to be one of the main events we remember for years to come here. Bit of a slow start. Well, Hogan, you know, for time match, trying to fill it out a little bit. The fans who paid the hard-earned money to go and watch this, 40,000 of them there watching, want to watch a main event worthy, you know? Calling Hogan out. Let's have it, big man. Oh. Oh. Going. Nash is sick of waiting. Yeah, pushes Hogan and then uh, does the wolf pack sign. How's the veteran going to respond? <laughs> that wasn't the finger poke of doom. Uh, a finger poke from Hogan beats Nash for the heavyweight title. And they're all celebrating in the middle of the ring. All laughing and I don't think the fans can believe it. I can't bloody believe it. <laughs> it's all controversy. Goldberg's there, Goldberg's. The police have brought Goldberg in an un, in a unassigned car. Well, the fans are in disbelief. It can't believe it. Goldberg certainly can't believe it. He thinks a mocker has been made of his title. Well, Goldberg doesn't know what's happening. He's been in the car. They've got a little monitor in the car. Aren't they? they called it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
and Goldberg's out here, we see, yeah, we see Hogan, Steiner, Nash, and Hall. Must have come up with a plan. Here comes Goldberg. Got now, take it away. Go on, Goldberg <laughs> comes down. Who's he going to take out first? Steiner, spinning heel kick there. Takes out Scott Hall. Who's next? Nash, you're next. Oh, super kick, but a title shot to the back. Two title shots by Hogan. Takes Goldberg down. And now Hogan with a punches to Goldberg. Oh, reverses the Irish whip, though. Spear! And And Luger's down as well. Yeah, Lex Luger's come out to help Goldberg. I said there were people in the back to help. He's going to take Hogan up for the jackhammer. Oh, but Luger's just turned on Goldberg. We've just had two swerves in two minutes here. Swerving McSwervington. <laughs> and Everyone's now, swerving. Now look at him. Lex Luger, Scott Hall, Steiner. Now she'll beat it down Goldberg. And now Luger's got him up. Up for the torture rack. Oh, Goldberg, like I say, he's got one handcuff dangling. And what, oh, they're, they're handcuffing him to the bottom rope now. <gasps> what are they doing this for? What is going on here? Goldberg. Handcuffed and Buff Bagwell, and it looks like Liz is back in as well. Oh, and they've got the cattle prod that caused this whole thing. <laughs> Frying Goldberg. <laughs> wow. And you thought Austin's return was successful. <laughs> this is how to treat your number your number one baby face. You, you handcuff him, make him look like a complete idiot, and then just beat him down. There we go. The hills outsmart the faces here tonight. Oh, I think they're going to add some insult to injury. Oh, spray paint, making sure it's the right one. Look at rubbish getting thrown in the ring as well. He had a little bit more to it. That's nice, isn't it? Well, Hogan kind of knows how to use the spray paint now. He's been doing it for years. Scott Steiner, spray paint. Giving him some hair. Spray paint black and red on his hair. And NWA for life on his back. Oh, tased him again, sending him out cold. Well, NWO here. They've got Goldberg's. And now they spray paint NWO on the title belt, Dan. Oh, well, they've just completely demolished the title belt. They've done it almost as bad a job as John Cena did with the spinner belt. Well, it's, it's awful as we go off the air. We see kind of reformed black and white and wolf pack together, it looks like. So as we end, now ask me, Dan, quickly before we move on to anything else. Ask me when... Uh, Goldberg got revenge on Hulk Hogan for that attack. Go on. Oh. When did Goldberg get revenge on Hogan for that attack, James? He didn't. It, the match never happened. We'll talk about what happened after it. <laughs> but, uh, that's one thing I'm going to say. Um, right, so we move on now. Before Finger poke of doom. Right, we've Big just poke. seen, yes, we've seen the finger poke of doom. For the negative ramifications the incident had on the company as a whole, with some wrestling journalists crediting it as the beginning of WCW's ultimate downfall and loss of the Monday Night Wars. The WWE refers to the match as one of the most scandalous title changes of all time and states that the shocking does not even adequately describe this moment. According to wrestling writers Brian Fitz and Christopher Murray, the event insulted fans, upset viewers and alerted other wrestlers in the company of problems. They draw a direct link between the title change and the drop in ratings that took place in its aftermath. The New York Daily News stated that the match is widely considered the beginning of the end for WCW. In an interview with RF Video, Nash claimed that he had nothing to do with the booking of the incident when discussing what RF Videos referred to as an infamous, infamous one-finger pin with Hogan. Nash said that Goldberg was the one who caused that rumour to be spread and not be... Yeah, but Nash also said on the Legend series that 
they were planning for Goldberg to come back and uh, beat them all up, and he suffered an injury. Yeah, in actual fact, Goldberg suffered that injury the following year, so Nash has got his timeline a bit mixed up as well. Oh, during the same broadcast, WCW announcer Tony Schiavone gave away the results of the WWF rival programme's Raw is War, which was taped earlier while Nitro was live, revealing that wrestler Mick Foley, as Mankind, was set to win the WWF Championship. Although this revelation was meant to deter Nitro viewers from switching to Raw is War, it instead reportedly prompted 600,000 viewers to change channels in order to see Foley's victory with the help of Stone Cold Steve Austin, with most viewers only tuning back into Nitro when there were five minutes left in the broadcast. So it kind of totally, well, WWE shot themselves in the foot. They had a product people were watching because they mentioned WWF and they thought, oh yeah, we'll go over and watch that anyway see if it's any good. The final ratings of the, for the night were 5.7 for Raw is War and 5.0 for Nitro. The next week on Raw is War, there were signs in the crowd that said, Mick Foley, put my butt in this seat. <laughs> That's good. But like I say, a pivotal moment in wrestling history. The thing of hope you're doing, what could be so right in wrestling with the Mankind victory? What could be so wrong with the Kevin Nash and Hogan finger poker doom? So we talk about, yeah, I mean, it had long-term ramifications on WCW. People didn't trust the product as much when you have a main event ending like that. Uh, but what was next in the foreseeable future? What was the next pay-per-view that WCW had, Dan? Uh, the next pay-per-view was January the 17th, 1999, and it was sold out. What were the three matches from? Uh, Jericho going against Perry Saturn and beating him. Wager match. If Jericho lost, he would leave WCW for 90 days. And if Saturn lost, he would be forced to wear a dress. Yeah, that's the match we've talked about. The feud coming up as well. Uh, Billy Kidman against Rey Mysterio. Very good match. Uh, David Flair with Ric Flair and Arn Anderson against Barry Windham and Kurt Hennig. And the main event, Goldberg going against Scott Hall. Yeah, I mean, and uh, it wasn't the best pay-per-view, but the main event is something good. And we watched that on a forever moment. Episode 32 Sold out night nine, Goldberg versus Scott Hall in a ladder match. Uh, whilst over on the WWE or WWF point of view, Dan, what was their next big pay per view? It was a Royal Rumble 1999, and um, we saw McMahon versus Austin. Austin was number one, McMahon was number two. Who would win the Rumble? We had that with uh, Mr. McMahon winning in a shocking moment of what costed him. And of course, we had the brutal I quit match as well, we can forget that. We go back to episode 31, you can listen to that in its entirety. Mankind versus The Rock in a sickening uh, effort. It won the worst match that I saw. My first pay-per-view Rumble 99. It's one of those moments that you look at as well. You look at the Raw Nitro, you look at the next pay-per-views. WWE, WF are going somewhere else. Whereas WWE still stagnated and stuff like this. Yeah. But overall, Dan, we'll do our um, last little roundup now as we are. What was the better show overall, Raw or Smackdown for you? Raw. Uh, I'm going to say Raw was my favourite as well. Roster, what was the best roster? Was it WCW or WWE? WCW. WCW. Well, I don't know, because they both had their good parts, I think. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying WCW had a stronger roster than what we saw of it and you know, yeah. the rest of that they had. We saw Benoit, Booker T, Guerrero, even though he didn't wrestle, you know, Jericho, people like this. Uh, the setting, what was the better one? Who had the best arena, the lights and everything, uh, all that jazz? I preferred the WWE's out of out of like his barricades and the matting and the like the fan type area you know the, the illumination of them and that but uh the ring ropes i prefer wwf's the mat i think you know it is good the way it is i do like the symbol in the middle just not as big 
uh, entrance waves and Titan Trons, I think. WCW probably had the upper edge on that. So, WCW wins out of yeah. everything altogether. Yeah, I'd probably say Samuel Uler would be enough as well. Uh, commentary, who was the better commentary team? Was it the WCW guys or was it Michael Cole and the King? Um, I preferred Michael Cole and the King, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah, me here, same here as well. I think uh, Cole did really well, considering he doesn't, you know, full-time commentate at that point. Uh, really sold the fact of Mankind winning it well and the King is always good on commentary I think Bischoff overshadowed the commentary team a little bit he at this point had given up and uh, Tony Schiavone like I say I didn't like what he said so he could go fuck himself matches what has the better matches WWF yeah for me WWF as well what had the better segments backstage and stuff like this what was better WWF or uh, WWF WWF I say that as well so over Rosting's roster setting commentary match and segment WF win three to two on that one. We say overall short show winner was Raw as well, so we give that point. So yeah, four to two. Raw beats Nitro then, so they were right about the Monday Night Wars, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they got that right. We can confirm that is correct. No, but what a horrible way to end Monday Nitro. Do you know what I mean? After giving the fans everything like that to to just ruin it in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And then just ruin Goldberg. Yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't dare do that to Steve Austin, would you? Like you say, Austin had the last laugh on Raw, setting up more things. It's more exciting about that. you know. But anything else? I mean, is anything from Nitro that you were surprised with? Anything from Raw that you were pleasantly surprised with? You wrap um, <coughs> pleasantly surprised with the Cruiserweight division on Monday Nitro. That is probably the only positive and good thing that could have been taken out of that. Yeah, which side are you on? Raw. Raw, yeah, I think I'm on Raw as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I mean, it's, it's good to go back and see each programme as we're watching live, you know, it's good to see. And uh, have you enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, it's been good, you know, to see what becomes of wrestlers, you know, like 16 years, 17 years down the line, 18 years down the line. And, you know, it's to see what they've become, what they've gone through, you know, how things started as well. Yeah, exactly, and I think the next time we watch it, it will be, I think we're going to do 97, and I think we'll do a Nitro 97 versus a Raw, very interesting to see, I mean, if this is successful, we'll see what happens. Before we go, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or at Vince McDan, WWE, I'm at J underscore Rollins on there as well, we're on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like, we are the WWE Network Review Podcast, or you can come and find me and add me as a friend, I am Vince McDan. We're also across the Google platforms on Google Plus, the W Network Review. You can send us an email to wnrpodcast.gmail.com. We're also on YouTube as well. There's numerous ways you can listen to us. We're on SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Stitcher Radio, your iTunes as well. You can download, subscribe, rate, review there. I have been Jay's Rollins, and I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week for a Royal Rumble special. Bye. Bye. <laughs>